Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. And that means I'm Ken Napsok. And I am Joseph Scrimshaw. And we are on the Super Star Destroyer of our fleet. This is the main show, the big show. And happy to be with you here today for Joseph what promises to be another 
large episode. It is going to be a long one, I think. Who knows? Maybe we'll surprise ourselves. It, it, but this topic, it's juicy. It's juicy topic. We're going to dive into the great Raylo debate and discussion and something I we certainly addressed here in, in, in some way in Force Center, but Joseph, I don't feel we've ever really focused on it. Yeah, I think we did one a while ago, but but Raylo tensions and ideas are heating up, you know, and it's uh, it's exciting to, to look at it and think about it uh, in both all the story aspects and all mm. the cultural aspects and just spend some quality time with Raylo. It's a lot there, indeed. Uh, we're going to dive into that. We're going to take a look at the news, which literally, as we are pressing record, is... Uh, adding to the list. We're going to address a little bit as best we <laughs> it's can. It's mocking us. It's mocking it's us. The news really is. This is what we, what we, what we asked for, I guess <laughs> yes. when it gets quiet and we're like got tennis shoes stories. Uh, we want more, but we're going to dive into all of that. But before we do, we want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30 day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll have our four center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us uh catch up with a lot of uh, star wars life adventure stuff program uh, programming note yeah uh we made this big switch to anchor which is uh you know was good for the force center brand uh, going forward long term and in the present but also joseph means the past is cloudy yes yes <laughs> the past is fighting us so you are, are handling a little bit more of the tech side of things right. and i know you you're you've got your sleeves rolled up you're looking into it but yeah. we've been getting uh tweets from people uh saying that some of our older episodes are only playing up to a certain time and then stopping and then just going away vanishing yeah that's part of it is because anchor has this great system of being able to add dynamically add Mm -hmm. ads in to uh episodes and as we make new ones that's no problem because we just take our little break and then there we go there we go um but then for the old ones it's causing some confusion and you need to basically meditate yeah commune with the (laughs) anchor force spirits but you're hard at work on that, right? Uh, yeah, we are. And also uh, re-uploading when we can. I generally, thanks to an external hard drive, have pretty much, I think, every episode we've done. And that's over, I think, like 600 episodes total. <laughs> so I cannot upload all of those uh, one by one. But some of the bigger episodes I'm going through, and that seems to be taking care of the problem. Uh, I switched uh, several other podcast feeds from other spots to Anchor. Didn't seem to have this issue. But that also means Force Center is a podcast feed that people are going to want to go back and dig in. Yeah. And that might be exposing a problem. I do have on other ones, but haven't yet found. So uh, we just want to address that. Thanks for your patience. You all are generally patient with our tech problems, which, of course, usually is me because that's what just, just pointed <laughs> out. I got the I got the old MacBook fired up here. So we're going to look into it. We want to address it up top uh, and now get into some of our life adventures, a brief resistance check-in, which I did remember to watch this yeah, time. Excellent. And watch last week's finally. Uh, uh, I saw, I always check your Instagram feed to see where your life's been at. And it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had uh, a lot of adventures this weekend, my wife and I. But the one that is most Star Wars uh, exciting is we wanted to just go to a movie on Saturday at the uh, Arclight that we go to. Yeah. And I saw that they were playing this documentary called Making Waves, the Art of Cinematic Sound. Oh. And it's like, oh, that sounds interesting in general. And it's like interviews with George Lucas, Ben Burt, David Lynch. Uh, wow. So a lot of people I like. But it, and it's a great sort of history of sound in cinema 
And in particular, it tells like, I don't want to spoil it, but they, you know how you look at human history in any endeavor and you go yeah. like, oh, well, humans made an, an advance technologically. And everybody said, good idea. Let's yeah. do that. And it's never that simple. Right. There's always people who are like, why would we do surround sound? That's BS. <laughs> yeah. Why Why do you need anything more than that one ricochet yeah. gunshot? Why would you make a new gunshot? <laughs> and it's a great story of all of those, the people who made that stuff happen, but Oh my God, the reason I'm bringing it up is yeah. Ben Burt. Yeah. The whole thing is great, but um, it's in, I think, limited release now. I'm sure it, it looks like it was partially funded by Kickstarter, so I'm sure it'll yeah. come to a streaming service eventually. But if you're a Star Wars fan, you got to make a priority for this because it, it goes deep on some Ben Burt stuff. Nice. Uh, like personally, like yeah. how he was a, not only the things he did, some of yeah. which we like know really well as Star Wars fans, his contributions of, you know, creating that lightsaber sound, <laughs> you know, Chewbacca, things yeah. like that. Um, yeah. But how it affected him personally. Mm. And they show a brief clip of a like amateur movie that he made himself for his own entertainment mm. years before Star Wars. And it is a take on adventure serials nice. and Flash Gordon. And to see that he and Lucas were like just in mm. lockstep years before Star Wars was amazing. Yeah, they show a little clip of it. The film that he made was called Rod Flash Conquers Infinity. (laughs) Rod Flash. (laughs) Rod Flash. Rod and all hail. Conquers Infinity. Yeah. And you get to see a brief clip of that. It's oh, it's it's a great movie all around, but just a great looking at another piece of how Star Wars changed everything through sound design and through Ben Burt. I mean, we know what Ben Burt did, and that is uh, that sounds exactly the type of thing I want to watch on a Saturday afternoon in theater or at home. Oh, man, it was great. Love dogs yeah, like that. Yeah. Okay. How about you? What were your uh, in, in Star Wars or specific life adventures? Oh uh, yeah, went to Las Vegas uh, last weekend. That's an adventure. It's always an adventure. I love it to love it to death. Uh, Grace and I went. We went to Zach Baggins the Haunted Museum, which was uh, a lot of fun. Um, you know, I'll put a jury out on whether some of the stuff was haunted or not, but it was a lot of fun. It was a total uh, total blast for us uh, as uh, obsessive fans of the very silly show, Ghost Adventures, that he that he hosts. Uh, and then we played a lot of uh, slots, as I like to do, the Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings slots. Oh, wow. It did make me remember there was a trip years ago in Vegas. I was over at a casino down by the MGM. I can't remember which one exactly, but that south end of the new strip. And there was a Star Wars Slot machine. Oh, yeah. And I, maybe I was like, I haven't seen one in a long time. Interesting. So, you know, not getting licensed or license pulled. A lot of, you know, slots get pulled. It's hard for me to find my old Lord of the Rings slots I love so much. We had to go down <laughs> to the Four Queens on Fremont Street to find them. It's got to be a Canto Bite slot machine. Come on. See, that's what I'm talking right? about. I know it's, you know, I know Disney might want to not, might, you know, avoid marketing slot machines, but then I'm trying to think in my head. I'm like, is there, I know there's not like a Mickey mouse slot. I get it. I get it. But come on. It's sitting right in front come of on, you. Big picture of DJ. Yeah. When you lose, you hear Finn say, come on. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so that was good. Uh, a lot of fun out there. And, uh, you know, play actually played the uh, streamed about two hours of, the co-op mode on Battlefront 2. Oh, co-op mode is lovely. I liked it, though I got a false boost of confidence not realizing I was playing against AI. Now, the AI is very good, and there's only four people in the room, essentially. Yeah. And so I kept getting... I was, like, on the ranks. I was on top. I was like, dude, I've never... Get, I've never in the top four or five <laughs> at the end of a game. And, and everyone on the stream were just kind of like, yeah, good for you, Ken. And yeah. then finally someone's like, well, you're playing against AI. 
There are only four of you. So if you're number five on the list, something has gone Something's terribly gone wrong. wrong. And my confidence went way back down. <laughs> but I had like a 19 player kill streak. I've never had that. Before. Yeah. Yeah. I, my, I'm trying to crack a hundred. I had a, I think 96 kill streak with <sighs> Bosk. Bosk is great on that. Bosk is great. Cause he's great at area control. Mm-hmm. All right. This is, you know, sometimes you wonder yeah. how do the episodes get long? When you're starting to say it's things like, like Bosk is great at area control, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reel myself back in. We'll do another Battlefront episode. We'll but, do a Battlefront yeah. everyone. So anyways, that was, uh, that was my Star Wars and life adventures. Those are good ones. Those are absolutely great ones. Uh, resistance check-in, huh? Yeah. Watched it. Yeah. Did you enjoy it these last couple episodes? I like what's going on. I love hearing Griff speak. They oh, you are, got to hear Griff uh, Griff say the thing. He said the things. He said a lot. Of, he said a few things. Yeah, but the one I was really thinking about yeah. was which and one? These are just uh, resistance spoilers. If you're if you don't yeah. tune out for for a minute, yeah. Um, that confirming that he was a part of the Empire. Right. That was really cool. Good point. And not just because we see like especially the pirates. Almost all the pirates have some bit yeah. of imperial. You know, either I like the the dude. I don't have his name yet. The one who has the all of the ranking. We literally went to the same spot. I was laughing at that this morning. Like he just is he taking them, stealing them? Yeah, he has basically like a sash made out of old uh, imperial ranking insignia. Um, yeah. But yeah, so so that's you know I love that visual because it is a part of hey that's the story of this era yeah. is that the shadow of that past is everywhere. So it's always an interesting question whether Griff was just wearing that or if he was a part of it and he was a part, part of it, it. Yeah. so it's been fun i enjoyed this last episode the very very end uh, with uh, niku talking about well the colossus is my home it just was a very heartwarming moment yeah and sets us up for the colossus to win the day in episode nine right absolutely okay. it's like confirmed right yeah <laughs> you've been enjoying what they've yeah. been doing so far this season yeah I, I i do like that it feels just a little heightened like we are getting those really core star wars of like who found family issues uh in you know making your choice right. like uh tam has and then I, I like that it is also getting down to um stuff that has become more popular in recent storytelling of post-apocalypse stories that are concerned with just, mm. Hey, um, how are we going to get fuel? How yeah. are we going to eat? Mm. What, who is our leader? Because we don't technically have the same kind of structure we did before. So right. we could just depose <laughs> Doza. No problem. Right. Yeah. I mean, on could just be leader because she says so. And she, she punches harder. Yeah. Like, I really like that. It's getting into some of that post-apocalyptic, uh, not that it is actually post-apocalyptic, yeah, yeah. yeah, but, but it's yeah. getting into those survival stories. I love, yeah, the survival stuff, the fuel stuff. And there's been fuel in Star Wars before. I've seen some people question that. Yes. <laughs> Just getting more fuel. More fuel, more fuel. Obi-Wan, Utapa, fuel. Uh, so, yeah, Resistance, I'm waiting for it to really heat up, but it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I really do love the characters, the character designs. I love uh, Jarek Yeager so much. And I see that figure on the shelf. I got to get it one. Of these I got days. me a Yeager in my, my pile, my yeah, pyramid of action figures on the table. Well, lest this episode becomes 14 hours long, <laughs> I, I think we should dive into the news. With, yes. Uh, some notes. The news literally, as we said, changing as we go along. We release these episodes on Tuesdays. Uh, generally, as you all know, uh, last week we had the big trailer this week. Apparently we're gonna have another trailer. Yeah. As you were driving over. And I was getting set up. The Mandalorian uh, cast watched a a sneak peek of the trailer to be released tonight. A new one. Yeah. As we record here on Monday, we usually record on Monday to drop on Tuesday. So our commentary on the Mando trailer will be, can't wait to watch it. Can't wait to see it. (laughs) A little bit of time travel for listeners. And the posters were released. Uh, You know, I poster, character posters aren't generally big news items 
for me or you or anyone, I don't think, but they're always neat. Yeah, yeah. We, we they look cool, and uh, I am thrilled to see more of the adventures of the Ugnot. Yeah, Ugnot. Pretty prominent. Yeah, Grizzled Ugnot gets his own poster. That's This is definitely a show made by people who played with Star Wars action figures in the 80s. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And yes, there's some news going around that uh, uh, the first episode contains a huge Star Wars universe spoiler, which is also, that's neat, and I'm sure that's true, but it also is interesting because there's no screeners being sent out to any kind of press, mm. people on shows, uh, which means we're all going to watch it at once. And then I don't know if as this has been I have I've I hear tell that after the Friday release is going to be in the evening time. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, which also makes recording shows about the Mandalorian interesting. Yeah, we'll uh, be talking about that off air. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's that's not a hundred percent fact. But uh, heard from some sources, uh, not not directly to me, but I was told prepare for this. So um, that'll be interesting. Yeah. I like the idea. I'm braced for November 12th yeah. when everybody's trying to actually get on the service at the same time. That's, that's, uh, that'll be an adventure. That'll be interesting. So let's get into some of the other headlines that have been making uh, waves in the Star Wars world. Uh, the forthcoming Knights of Ren comic book already has people talking. It's not even out yet, but the cover for issue two. We're, we're talking about issue two. Writer Charles Soule tweeted out the cover, and it's due out in January, and he said, yes, that's Luke Skywalker and Ben Solo fighting the Knights of Ren. So, yep, this is an audio podcast. Joseph, S., I guess we can describe this. Seems like a, a rainy night, a rainy yeah. night in Georgia. <laughs> An unknown regions version of Georgia. <laughs> yes. uh, Luke and Ben, lightsabers out, fighting the Knights of Ren, surrounded by them. Yep. Good comic book uh, cover style. Oh, great comic book cover. And one of the Knights of Ren has a red lightsaber. Out, out there glowing in front of everybody. It, it, is, it is a really exciting yeah. cover. Like, I can see why it made such a splash, not only for all of these sort of uh, canonical reverberations that we'll talk about, yeah. but just... These are some of the stories that I think a lot of us, even those of us who love the sequel movies, have been clamoring for of... Right. Young Ben as an apprentice, a Padawan, if that name was used. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Luke, Luke, yeah. Jedi Master Luke Skywalker with that green blade ignited and then surrounded by some cool, mysterious, right. dark villains to fight. It is just thrilling. It's what a lot of people thought because of a erroneous leech scene that turned out to be the caretaker party that we were going to get in episode eight, right? right? That the Knights of Ren were going to descend on Octo. But it would be Ray and Luke fighting. Instead, it was some nuns, pirate husbands <laughs> coming home so to this, dance. Yes. Uh, that deleted scene has become one of my favorites. <laughs> it's amazing. For other re- like yeah. reasons... I'm glad it was cutting away. But anyways, different conversation. So shorten the show. Shorten the show. Here's the <laughs> issue description. With the new Jedi school in ruins and fellow students hot on his trail for the murder of their master, Ben Solo flees to the only friend he has left in the galaxy, a man named Snoke. But Snoke has plans for Ben and ideas about the Force that are as dangerous as they are intriguing for the troubled young Jedi. If Ben wishes to be truly free, the answers might lie with the dark side and the Knights of Ren. But it won't be the first time he's tangled with the Knights. In the past, Jedi Master Luke Skywalker journeys to the unknown region and brings young Ben Solo along for the mission. Can even Luke Skywalker stand against the fabled Knights of Ren? So, there's a lot to unpack in that. Yeah. Like, you have to read it carefully, or else you're going to make a YouTube video that's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I am very excited by that, because 
I like the clarity, and it's clear that eh, they chose it. Yeah. The clarity going into episode nine that uh, mm-hmm. we've talked about a lot. I I have put forth, you know, the idea that maybe they are longstanding tradition. Maybe they are like the Sith, right. you know, the Knights of Ren, or even a smaller group, and that that is why it is such a big deal that Kylo has become the master of them. Right, then, right. of course, Last Jedi came out, and a lot of this, I think, theorized totally understandably that the students who left with him mm-hmm. from uh, Luke's school were possibly the Knights of Ren. And I really like this clarification yeah. that they are from the unknown regions right? and that they have existed prior to the arrival of Ben slash Kylo. Mm. I really, really like that because I think it can get into, it's a fun hand wavy thing to say, right. Oh, Snoke isn't Sni- Sith. The uh, masters yeah. of the Knights of Ren and Kylo are not Sith. Right. So what are they? Yeah. And I feel like knowing Charles Sewell who can dig beneath the surface, mm-hmm. I'm excited that there's going to be some lore and excited to dig into, like, well, the Sith had a specific philosophy. Right. And if the Knights of Ren are dark side users, if, I mean, because they mm-hmm. could just be acolytes right, right. of the Force and not actual users. Yeah. What is the different philosophy? And the fact that they're older opens the door to mm. how do they approach the Force and the dark side differently? Yeah, I, I love the idea that this could be... We talk a lot about different ways to use the Force in terms of light side users. Yeah. We've never really focused on, did the Sith have any rivals? Did, was there another club? <laughs> it's like, well, here's how our views on it. So I'm really intrigued by what you're describing there, the potential there. And I like it more. I've, I've been guilty, perhaps, of writing off the Knights of Ren in the past as Ben Solo's little, uh, little club of angry people. Yeah. And he needs some help stealing lunch money. Yes. They're, they're his gang. And that takes crab down... Crab and Goyle, yeah. It takes down Luke and forms a little club. Uh, some of that, you know, is not bad. But I just, I personally have just always been like, okay. And, and I've read into the Snoke line of kind of making fun of them in a way. Ooh, even you. But eh, there's probably now some truth to that. Yeah, that he had to fight yeah. to get this position. I Yes, because that, seeing this other one with the red saber, I do, and I've seen it floating around. It's certainly not my uh, original theory creation here. Uh, the idea that, oh, maybe he defeats that guy at some point. Yeah, because we're not seeing yeah. so far in any of the promotional stuff for Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. any Knight of Ren using a right. blade, right? And is that where Kylo got the crystal that he uses for his own lightsabers by taking mm-hmm. it from this guy? Yeah. Uh, or, you know, yeah. any any number of things. Uh, so I really, I really like that idea of, of Kylo having to fight for it. Um, and, and even the first sentence of the Jedi school runes and fellow students hot on his, meaning Ben Solo's trail for the murder of their master. I love the idea that there's some surviving students upset, yeah. some more lightsaber wielders in the galaxy, maybe. Yeah. I think this is the big kind of some of the big stuff yeah. of just a reminder that we don't there's a lot that we don't know in the sequel trilogy storytelling. Right. And even things that we have either uh, had kind of agreed upon fan conjecture or Mm. just logically inferred from something that a character has said, we don't necessarily know the whole story. Yeah. It's like we're getting into some great stuff with what Luke said in Han said that, you know, a a student turned against and destroyed it all. And Luke saying he slaughtered them and then took a few. Yeah. Like, is that Luke's understanding because he was unconscious right. or in, is there more to the story? Yeah. Is it that, uh, he, the, the, nobody went with him. Yeah. They just chased. Him. Is it that, that the Jedi, the other students came running out this crushed hut. Yeah. Thinking Luke's dead. They attacked Ben. 
Ben killed them in self-defense right. and fled. And then the other Jedi fled after him. Yeah. And were eventually captured or killed by Snoke, or maybe one, a couple of them were turned because there's that thing floating around out there about Snoke allegedly having other mm, apprentices right. too. So, uh, and I, I saw some people on Twitter kind of playing around with these ideas and getting going deep down the rabbit hole right away of, mm. well, what does that mean for Kylo? Does it make you have more pity for Kylo mm. if it's mm. if it's a different story than what Luke thinks happened? If it is, you know. A less, uh, a less purposeful destruction. Yeah, yeah. Of the temple. That's a great question. I don't know if I mean you still there's a check by the box of killing Luke in your mind. You know whether or not Luke survived is it doesn't matter. Yeah, you did that. And I tend to believe Luke that mm-hmm. when he looked inside Kylo, yeah, had already turned his heart. I, I, that, I, I believe that. I believe that, and it's always interesting because character dialogue does not necessarily mean. The facts of the story, we've talked a lot about unreliable narrators. In that moment, I think Luke would be a reliable narrator in the sense that he knows that kind of stuff. Yeah. He's a known expert in what is in your heart (laughs) within ways of the force. Yeah. But he's out. He's buried. It would be natural to assume the other students ran off with him instead of chasing Ben to avenge me, you know? Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. I I really, really like that. Uh, And I'm really intrigued by by having... uh, it's just so, so much juicy storytelling. I think the only thing that I have any pause on is this is only a four issue <laughs> comic book miniseries. Yeah. And current comic book storytelling really is a lot of artwork and action and yes. not a lot of dialogue and narrative, which mm-hmm. is maybe fits the Star Wars style, but it also just means covering less ground than comics books used to. That's a great point. That's a great point because a lot of these. We, we anticipate a lot of things coming in comics for the last, what, five years now yeah. since these new Marvel Star Wars comics. Oh, this is going to be revealed. And a lot of times I have always felt like, yeah, you know, it was a, it was there. It was addressed as part of a good comic. Uh, the, the, the Charles Soule Vader, the Vader comic, a lot great. of things where it was like I cracked it open with a little bit of like I've heard what's going on in here. Oh, it's a few panels and it's a great issue. But you're right. The style is sparse, which isn't bad. No. It's very modern. But I grew up reading J.I. Joe comics where <laughs> to like read blocks of <laughs> paragraphs. Yeah. I mean, you go back and read some of like the classic comics, the famous ones, like the, you know, like yeah. Chris Claremont's dark Phoenix X-Men mm-hmm. story is like, Oh, there are many words. There are yeah. thousands more words in a comic book right. than there are now. So it, it, this is exciting to me that we're going to learn some juicy things, but there's still going to be a lot of exciting story to tell. Yeah. And look what we're talking about. Yes. Did, did Ben slaughter those students or did they race after him? If he raced after them, were they slaughtered by the Knights of Ren? Yeah. Did they have to, did, are they still somewhere being tortured in a weird Snoke right. <laughs> dark side torture cave in the unknown regions? Who knows? That's exciting stuff. We're going to find a Does Snoke drop a, a, a pool cue in a table and say, there's only room <laughs> for one leader in the Knights of Ren. We'll find out. And uh, January, and I, I have final note on this, final note on this, uh, Joseph. Uh, I have heard some people say, like, I'd rather get this stuff in the movie. Mm. And I understand that complaint or concern. But uh, the last, even with the the standalone Rogue One solo stuff, a lot of times it's like you can tell they're writing back to the movie and there's probably something about this. And I'm fine, me personally, fine with some of the supplemental, as big as this might be, in another source. Yeah. Uh, You can't have all the Wikipedia answers in the movie. Yeah, I think the big choice of the sequel trilogy, and you can decide whether you like it or not, is to start as close to the beginning of this story as possible. And that is Ray awakening and 
Mordecai, though, already being turned. Yeah. Start late, ent- enter late, leave early, right? That's the writer's, <laughs> uh, the writer's strategy. All right, that's coming in January, but uh, the trailer last week, we've watched a lot. We did our breakdown. Did you not listen to our uh, trailer breakdown yet? Maybe you want to avoid trailer hype. Uh, it's there for you. That episode does work. Uh, but the Star Wars show with Anthony Carboni, Andy Gutierrez, uh, they dropped Joseph a surprising amount of clarifications. Yeah. Little things uh, regarding the trailer that I tend to take as fact. Yeah. You know, they're not going to just speculate on a show that's called the Star Wars show on Star Wars's official YouTube channel. But those mean they have all the inside information we yeah. know. But let's just run through it and see what we think. This yeah. Ray training in the quote jungle floating glacier base, which might clarify what you and I freeze frame in that. Yeah. For an hour. Um, <laughs> may or may not be the ghost in the Colossus. They address even the Colossus. They say the may or may not be. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Literally. Uh, Ray and Kylo destroying, and this is the big one, Kylo's Darth Vader shrine, which is uh, what we were trying to figure out. And then Ray looking up at an ominous cloaked figure. <laughs> not Sheev, Palpatine Emperor, nothing. An ominous yeah. cloaked figure, which is enough to just send a whole world of speculation rushing in. Darth Snokius. Yeah. And then uh, bonus, because this kind of all came at the same time, the Star Tours update is coming in December. The Star Tours ride at Disneyland and Disney World. And it is getting uh, updated for episode nine with the Ocean Moon Kef Beer, which sounds like a great IPA that you can have. Um <laughs> An ocean moon of what? Of what? IPA. Yeah. Of IPA. We don't know. <laughs> uh, of course, speculation immediately comes to my mind of ocean, the, the fifth ocean moon of Endor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you get, you got to bother to clarify that's the forest moon, not the ocean moon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a lot there, Joseph. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, well, I, I want to address what you started with of like, the veracity of mm. this. It, it's such a weird and fun time to mm. be speculating about Star Wars. Because, yes, yeah. this is the Lucasfilm officially produced Star Wars show. But I think some of the intent and charm of it is that it's presented as though hey, certainly Andy and Anthony, the hosts, have yeah. knowledge because they work for Lucasfilm. But they're also presented as fans. Yeah. And like that's Anthony, I, you know, I know a little bit in real life. And he certainly is a fan. Yeah. A big fan. Um and like he's the one who's like nerding out and saying, "Ghost and Colossus, maybe." <laughs> so there is that part of me of like, well, I don't think Lucasfilm would want the Star Wars show to say anything incorrect. Yeah. But then there's that other flip side of like, but is there a charm in allowing them to be fans? Yeah, and go like, what did you think? I think that's a jungle. I think that might be the Ghost or Colossus. Yeah. Like it's a, it's such a weird time to be sort of nitpicking like. Is yeah. the ten-minute-long talk show about Star Wars an accurate yeah. source for canon for a film that has not come out yet? Well, also this is a week where uh, pint glasses were released, or, or pictures of the pint glasses, and this is this what the Emperor is going to look like in nine. No, it turns out it's a toy. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah it's, a, <laughs> so weird it's a weird and time. fun time. Uh, but I yeah, totally assuming, agree with you there. assuming that they want to keep things accurate, yeah, so as to not cause people. How did you feel about the jungle thing? Because I think a lot of us have been speculating speculating that that is Endor. mm, I'm still prepared to die on the Endor Hill. Okay. For now. Whether it's a forest hill or a jungle hill, that's where you want to die. And look, I, I always say I love being wrong. 
I love yeah. being wrong. I, I especially when it came to like Game of Thrones, if I predicted that show too much, every once in a while you have some insight from watching enough to know yeah. where it's going to go. If I'm too right, if it's that, it, 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 don't I don't want that. Same with Star Wars, right? It's it's beyond our just speculate responsibly. But I am still, at least for one more week, saying I still think that's Endor. I still think that's a rebel helmet from the from the Pathfinder squad. And sounds we identified, yeah, and uh, made Jennifer very excited. <laughs> Are you walk related? Now, could Yavin Four be the spot? And some leftover Rebel helmets were there, of course. Sure, another Dantooine, Dantooine. Yeah, it could be anything. It could be that they travel to the forest, uh, ocean, and jungle moons of Endor. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, and as uh, even though Kef Beers, uh, Kef Beers described as an ocean moon, maybe there's some jungle on the ocean. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So you? The, yeah. Uh, the the biggest thing about the Kef Beer thing to me mm-hmm. is. We're we're adding up locations, yeah. In, in terms of just volume, because we, so we have uh, the forest or jungle or wherever mm-hmm. uh, Ray is training. Uh, we have Pasana, right? Right. Where Aki Aki live. Yep. Uh, we have Kajimi, yeah. uh, where in theory I think the speculation is that is where Zori Bliss is is met. Uh, then we have Kef Beer. Mm-hmm. Now we have a glacier base. Mm-hmm. We got that. That's a lot of locations. That's, that's exciting. A lot. Our heroes are going to be bouncing around. And, you know, the, the party, the, the celebration party at Coruscant, I'm sure we're going to get. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, yeah, that's you're right. That's at least six locations. Yeah. The Jedi I, Temple Force Ghost Party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where Hayden's waiting. Um, I love that the sequel trilogy, some people make fun of it. Like, I love that Jakku exists and it wasn't Tatooine. Yeah. I love the galaxy expanded a little bit more. And that even in the books and the novels and the comics, new planets show up because it's a big galaxy. Yeah. I love dancing on new planets, but I do want some classics. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited by the number of planets. The, uh, mm-hmm. the Kylo's uh, Darth Vader shrine. Yeah. How do you feel about that being clarified? I like it. It was driving me slightly crazy because, I mean, you and I were free. That's when we were freeze framing. I think the glacier base and that. You would freeze the hell out of that. Yeah. Yeah. And we we know we got, we we could see helmet. We could see a Vader helmet as best we could. Yeah, it was a Vader shape. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. And everyone's focusing on the the dagger, which I'm saying less than 5% of it actually being the Mortis dagger. Uh, not that I wouldn't mind the connection, but I still have what I like about the clarification is I still have a lot of questions. Absolutely. It like, looks, why is it in that yeah. very clean white yeah. space? Yeah. Is that like, is that home base for Kylo and he hasn't been moving around on the uh, supremacy, <laughs> yeah. you know? Right. Uh, is that was did he build it for a purpose? Mm-hmm. Is that part? Is it part of this idea that, you know, fans have speculated that, uh, that Palpatine's haunted the armor itself. Right. Because we see all those blue tendrils blow past right. uh, Vader mm-hmm. at the end of Return of the Jedi. So, yeah, to me, it's just, I, I, I think it, it is fun to have just that bit of information because it still doesn't, it points us towards possibilities but doesn't give us answers. Yeah, and it's not, not that I think it's a dream sequence, but it's so crisp and clean, it seems weird and different even the way it explodes and we're look we're, we're breaking down two seconds of footage absolutely which is fun but yeah it's like i still don't know what i'm seeing so even though it's clarified in some way yeah i still like that oh, i have a lot more questions absolutely a lot more questions the ominous cloaked figure okay yeah i 
Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I've, I've seen people uh, uh, saying that maybe that is uh, some dark ray. Maybe dark ray is a clone. Maybe that's oh, it. That's what she, yeah. you know. Who knows if Snoke is still involved with this, or he was mm-hmm. just. It's a simple story. If he was another dark side master, he took mm-hmm. the first order. He mm-hmm. died, and now Pal- Palpatine is back. Um, the thing about it to me is, it's got Sheev's laugh. Yes. While a little Mecha Palpatine is walking forward there, if indeed that is what's yeah. going on. Yeah. So that would be, to me, just straight up absolute misdirect. In the trailer itself? Right. Yeah. Because it's not just like, oh, a part of his voiceover is lapping over it. So it's, yeah. it is just connected to that image, mm-hmm. the little Palpatine laugh. Mm-hmm. With a with a the side of a of a robe cow combo we've grown up with. Yeah. So I think you know I'm I think I'm saying this is one of those the uh, you know the the shortest distance between two lines you know simplest answer. Yeah. You know sheaves razor put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I, uh, I, I I think that's Palpatine. Yeah. I like I like that idea too. I like I, I, I I'm not that I'm not intrigued by that dark ray thing we saw in the teasers oh yeah being up there and that's why she's scared ah, oh, okay and if it's a dark ray clone ah, okay he takes me down a lot of different paths but just the the idea of it is uh, in that particular moment yeah I'm like oh okay i i can dance with that yeah but yeah I, I, the 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 what do we always say sometimes the the the, the, the answer is the answer the answer yeah. is the answer the yeah. answer is the answer and maybe that uh, whatever that device is has room for two and it's Palpatine <laughs> and Dark Ray sitting up there together holding hands now that's an action figure <laughs> I want next one is the lies of Obi-Wan Ewan McGregor and his four year yeah. con all right man yes I, I don't even know what I'm I haven't uh, Joseph's a better student than me he makes little notes of things he wants to talk about I sip some water and, and run my mouth I I gotta we'll see let's just dive into the story yeah um, some things uh have come out and um there's an article I didn't have time to link to I saw it on comingsoon.net and a friend of us Sabina Graves we've taco crawled with yeah. Sabina before just on a panel with her um she wrote an article and, and was one of those hey here's here's what Ewan said at a press event and it follows up with this. So let's just dive into this. This is uh, I'm reading from uh, a Collider article, but uh, Ewan admits to having to lie to fans. And I think his words there, lie to fans yes, yeah. and reporters, I'm adding, for four years. Kenobi will be six hour-long episodes. Obi-Wan, in part, will be dealing with the loss of so many Jedi, calling it, and this is Ewan's words, quite something to get over. <laughs> it's a little hint of the plot there, which I, I'm excited because it's in line with a lot of things we've been discussing here. Yeah. And then this thing on ComingSoon.net was, no, this was not originally a series. This was conceived as a movie, and Ewan goes into some things change and and, and all those. Uh, I, I can get up the actual story, but that's the gist of it, and yeah, I think it yeah. falls into that. And these other bullet points are all from this men's health article that yes. Clyder was linking to, which, which linking is a good, I, I read the whole thing. It's a good interview yep. with Ewan, and these are all the Star Wars details. This is, yeah. In that article, right. yeah. And it, it's so weird, too, to always... Always go follow the hyperlinks. Not like follow the money. Fo- follow the hyperlinks back to the original article. <laughs> Sometimes it has context. You end up at men's health. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it's men's health. Men's health. Um, I, I, Joseph, where do you want to go with this? Because I have a lot of different ways, and some of it's dark side, some of it's light side. Uh, in general, I feel like I like this because it's balance. It's mm-hmm. it's real. There, yeah. It's confirmation of lots of theories that we've all had that yeah. Ewan McGregor has been lying to us. But also, it's got such great rhythms of Obi-Wan because some people see Obi-Wan yes. as a liar and I see Obi-Wan as making a hard decision of what yes. can Luke handle when he te- when he tells him the truth from his perspective. Yes. And to me, this was Ewan saying, 
everything I was true was telling was true from a certain point of view. This was as true as I could tell you because we weren't ready to announce it. Yeah. I couldn't just say randomly. You stop me at a random, <laughs> you know, screening. You, you stop me outside of yeah. you know the red carpet premiere of Christopher F and Robin, which I love by the way. And have him go like, yeah, I'm, I'm here uh, to promote the Bear movie. But yes, of course, yeah. No, I'm Obi Wan. I think 2021 movie for sure. Yeah, director's <laughs> announcement. Yeah, but just I'll drop that yeah. for me for myself because that's my decision. Like, of course he can't do that. And now he's being as honest as he can to say, I had to lie to you because I had no choice for four years. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Sometimes (laughs) when you're in closed door meetings, you get information and the information can either be taken to your employees or coworkers and whatever, and it can be handed out. And sometimes for their benefit, you have to hold on to it for a little bit. Right. And this was Ewan McGregor. Like you just said, I can't give you this. It's not ready. And sure enough, look what happens. If he said just what you said, movie, well, then he is a liar because it's not the case. Yeah. It's an ever-changing game, we know. Yeah. This, this Hollywood business, kids. So uh, I'm just, I'm at the end of the day, I'm just really excited it's all here. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's one particular interview. I didn't have a chance to Google it, uh, mm-hmm. but I've mentioned it a couple times on the show before. I th- it's after he, he won an award for Fargo. I can't remember at what mm-hmm. awards show, but it's right around the time of Solo's release and his beard is perfect for Obi-Wan. Right. And people are asking him, uh, he, they ask him about that and he's like, bah, bah, bah. and he, uh, he dodges some questions. At one point he changes the conversation about the mint in his mouth and it just, it feels like he is lying in a charming way that he almost knows like, right. Oh God. Just, so I'm it, that, that one interview has always entertained me and I'm, yeah. I'm so thrilled to go back and look at it now knowing that he knew. Yeah. I can't say this. Can't say it. I can't say it. He kept saying, I'm interested, which is true. It's true. I'd love to do it <laughs> when it's announced. Uh, yeah. How do you feel about the fact that uh, yeah. between all these uh, uh, bits of information yeah. and also just our own reading of the tea leaves, mm-hmm. it was going to be a movie. It probably would have been announced immediately after Solo if Solo had done yeah. super well at the box office. Yeah. <sighs> How do you feel about as close as we can yeah. come to knowing that? We kind of know that now. We we kind of know it. And, and this is... Yeah, this is where it's like, I, I, you don't know how, to, how much to reveal the curtain. Like, we, we hear, uh, this is you, me, and Jennifer, and a lot of people, we hear, we hear, we hear weird things. And this was just, this was so directly told to, to us so many times. Yeah. So many times. Uh, the Stephen Daldry being the director, uh, an, an Australian screenwriter telling a friend of mine, we're announcing it at D23 this weekend, three years ago, and it didn't happen. Um, I was told at the winter last year, oh, it's going to be a show that's going to be six hour long episodes. And, you know, we don't talk, you know, because we don't know. Because, again, we all know, we, we, we know that that doesn't mean anything. I've heard, you know, things of Mandalorian. I don't know if until until it's in the air because they can edit it that morning. Yeah, they can change. Things change things. all the time. Yeah. yeah, it's not just about the veracity of the report. This, it's about something yeah. can be true on Tuesday and it's not true anymore on yeah. Wednesday because something changed from the creator's end. And why Force Center, get, we sometimes get these bits of information. Why we don't broadcast them live here is I think scoops can sometimes ruin things maybe it's not supposed to be out and they can pull back and also it, then it's not that it's just not what we're here for that we're here for the enjoyment of the news once it's real but it's also interesting because this this i feel not slightly not justified but just like 
I think Disney at times had to lie to us too, which is fine. Absolutely. Which is fine. But there were some straight denials. There's no script. There's no nothing. I, I know the guy's name. Yeah. I know the guy's name that he said it. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy kind of yeah. admitted that. She's like, yeah. after, I can't remember what she said, but she, yeah. you know, acknowledges that after years of dodging and yeah. fibs. She said fibs, fibs, right? Fibs. Fibs. And a the lot polite of, word for lying. A lot of the scoops come out. Of, you know, he's, he signed a contract this week. It, it, maybe with a new writer on what food he wanted, but this was in, in the works for so long. Yeah. All that's behind us now, and it doesn't matter, because what matters is we got this awesome series coming. Six hours of Obi-Wan. I'm I'm excited for six hours. I think yeah. that sounds good, because I think I have a... I, I'm excited that it's a television show right now, because then we get to sidestep some of the, the debate about whether it should be a movie and right. the, the box office, uh, you know, analysis and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... I have this dream that, especially if it's only six hours, mm. that there'd be a like special screening event, so you get the opportunity to see it oh, for yeah. like hardcore fans. You know, if it comes out on Disney Plus, it's popular uh, with Star Wars fans. Yeah. You can fill a theater with you know a couple of hey, we're gonna show the first three episodes, yeah. then an intermission, and the th- next three episodes. So like, do it a day at El, day at El Capitan, a day at El Capitan of Obi Wan, mm-hmm. the show, the movie, the blending. The, of what is a TV show? What is a movie? Let's talk a little bit about this uh, plot idea here. Obi-Wan yeah. and part will be dealing with the loss of so many Jedi. You uh, and saying it's quite something to get over, which I saw one article say that's very Sir Alec Guinness, uh, Obi-Wan yeah. of. Uh, this is a, a small little morsel, small little morsel. Yeah. But it, it, it's kind of what excites us about this series, right? Yeah, yeah, because uh, I don't think that means that there isn't going to be action, that he's going to go on a journey, but it does mean that it is going to be about this moment of crisis that we've talked about a lot, where by the time we see Obi-Wan again in Rebels and A New Hope, it seems like he has come to peace with, my mission is to pass on what I have learned to right. protect Luke Skywalker and pass on what I've learned, mm. and I don't feel ashamed or sad about my role. This is what I should be doing. Right. And to go from, hey, I'm a loyal Jedi. I'm not sure about the Clone Wars, but I'm running around the galaxy, mm-hmm. fighting, 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 not the, the idea of what a Jedi wants to do. And then everyone I have ever known, my entire life, everybody I grew up with, mm. they're all mm. gone. Mm. And the forces changed this cosmic entity that I am regularly in touch with doesn't even feel the same anymore. Right. And how much of it is my fault? Like mm. to take all of that and say, yeah, mm. you need it. That would take a long time to process. That's deep, interesting, fascinating stuff to me. And I love, cause he said before, but I think a little bit comes out of this article, this series of articles of him saying it's, it's right between three and four, but like right kind of between that seven year eight mark. Yeah. I saw that with the timeline, the solo, the two parts of solo's timeline. Kind yeah. Of smack dab in the middle of that. Yeah. And what you're describing here, this turning of the page, this chapter turning in Obi-Wan's life, that makes sense. It would take that long and then he'd have that long to focus on it by the time we see him again. Yeah. It's, it's exciting. Yeah. Very, very exciting to me. And, you know, I still get even off air conversations with some friends of mine who tweet that this idea is creatively bankrupt. I, I couldn't, couldn't disagree more without a fist fight. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I would say like for people in little mini Star Wars counseling, for people who are wrestling yeah. with it, you know, we talk a lot about wanting different genres and different 
kinds of stories and stuff yeah. that is fresh and new. And to me, this is what makes it fresh and new. It is a story about this one person yeah. going through the, it's called Star Wars. Mm. And this is about somebody going through what it is to have lived through a war yeah. and lost in what is next. And there's so many just Twitter jokes and discussions about, hey, this is what Jedi do. They, uh, they fail and they run away and hide. Right. This is a great place to just like dig into that and go, well, what's, what's heroic about accepting that it's not your role to go cut the emperor's head off. It's your role to protect the future. Yeah. You, you can't fix the past. So protect the future, which is, I think, what he ultimately decides. And how does he get to that? Right. That stuff is all fresh and interesting to me. And really, you want to talk about boiling it down to morality lessons for 12-year-olds? We always do that. Well, what a lesson using that, uh, you know, preaching to everyone. Yeah. Like, here's what some big things you got to wrestle with in life. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for that. Oh, boy. But we got more. Uh, we got to, speaking of characters people love, Darth Vader, Dr. Aphra, both are going to roll on. There was the London MCM Comic-Con this past uh, weekend, actually. It was confirmed that the new Dr. Aphra and Darth Vader books are on the way. Uh, and, it, and they have to announce it. There just was there was some question about Aphra's future. Uh, literal in in the story, uh, maybe her death or something, and and the run's not over yet. Oh, okay. And so this guy, I guess, kind of answers that. But you got to market these things, yeah. So you're not just going to drop them. Uh, uh, the uh, after book will be written by Alyssa Wong, drawn by Marika Cresta. It will debut in April 2020. Uh, Darth Vader will be written by Greg Pak and comes out in February 2020. So the Vader one, this will be the third Vader title. Yeah. And there's also a lot of other, obviously a lot of other Vader material, including I'm reading the uh, Target Vader series, okay. which is the bounty hunters going after Vader. And I, I wasn't looking forward to it. And then I've just kind of read it out of duty. And it's actually been, I mean, it's got a lot of Dengar. So you're Oh, good. okay. Well, <laughs> hey, well, that's more money flying out of my yeah, pocket. Yeah, there uh, you go. You so said the Den- magic word. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll let you borrow. You don't need <laughs> you know, um, how do you feel about another Vader series? We're talking about creatively bankrupt. I don't feel this is, but Vader gets a lot of press for good reason. Yeah. No, and I think yeah. Vader really works well in that in this modern style of comic book storytelling that we've been talking about. Vader is defined by very few words and big action. So I think right. he translates well to comic books mm-hmm. where you're really wondering what's going on with him internally in a, yeah. in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Um, my only wish is that Comixology would, or the publishers, or whoever's choice it is, would be a little clearer about giving each series a uh, a subname, so it's yes. so it's easier to find what you are looking for. Yeah. So like Darth Vader, well, sure. Here's vol- <laughs> chapter two, volume eight of the the, the word darks in there too. Like. <laughs> I just I just want them to be easier to yes. find in catalog. Same thing with if they're going to keep doing this, like the rebooting the main Star Wars land, yeah, yeah. Or, um, uh, rebooting, uh, not rebooting, doing a new Afro. I, I just want them to be clear so they're easy to find. Yeah. That's my <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yelling at the actual virtual cloud of com- yeah. comicsology. I'm not sure. I have to look at it again. I, I wonder if this one's just called Afro, the other and the other one's Doctor Afro. But that would be great. That would be a gr- that even that that would take care of my issues. Darth Vader versus Vader would make a world of difference because uh, you're right. Because then you look at you look at him, and even I'm like, wait, did I read? I just got I got invited. I'm going to do a podcast with some of our friends, Jason Inman and Ashley Robinson. We're going to read some Vader comics, and they sent me the list, and I was like, oh yeah, that one. Oh wait, no, that's not the one. It's the other one. So I totally know what you mean. Those are coming out. Uh, a lot of it will be between Empire and Jedi. Is the main line kind of moved up? Is moving fast up to 
Empire. We're very excited about Afra. Great character. Always a little wild and wacky. I just finally read that one that got everyone in a tizzy over the uh, the older lady who kind of claims that she was uh, expanded the empire and everyone, oh. everyone did all the hate articles on it. That was just like a, a would, willful misreading of the content. Willful misreading is a very nice term to describe <laughs> it. Is all I'll say. This is a it's it's just an unreliable narrator thing, right? This is just a Completely. character who's claiming something that we uh, know isn't true. I had a good idea. Old Sheev ruined it. Okay. Yeah. That's not fact. It's yeah. not fact at all. It's it's that's a that's a separate podcast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I did I did just want to want to say um, that I, I am really excited to see uh, Afra being written uh, by a woman of color. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because uh, I think that's a big part of the news that's exciting because we have yep. those discussions about mm-hmm. you know what is the the place of diversity and having people write their own stories. And yeah, because uh, what's his name? K- Kieran Gillen, right? Was the one who, cr- yeah, co- yeah, 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 absolutely. You're, yeah, Alyssa Wong. Uh, I'm not familiar with her, work, her, with her work before this, and then uh, Marika Cresta drawn it as well. So yeah, it, it seems uh, very uh, uh, not just long overdue, but simpatico. Yes, uh, yeah, very uh, exciting. And that's coming out April 2020. The final headline that we're diving into is just to kind of summarize uh, some of the rise of Skywalker ticket sales couple different spots and you know you have to read carefully some of the some of uh, the descriptions of where the records were set the rise of skywalker set the record for the first hour ticket sales for adam tickets selling 45 percent more than endgame it also sold 2.5 times more tickets on the first on its first day than last jedi on adam tickets adam tickets has it at, at its number two on the top five first day sales list behind endgame Fandango reports that The Rise of Skywalker broke their Star Wars franchise record and is their top daily seller, or at least what's going on during the last week. Reports circulating, uh, and this is, oh, yeah, there are some reports circulating that Disney bought bulk tickets. And uh, I was like, okay, I saw the headlines on. I was like, well, that wouldn't be good. That would be like nope. Ryan Epstein buying Beatle records to get them to number one in the first uh, you know months of their existence, right? Uh, you should look at the sites and YouTube channels uh, putting those words out there. Is it that uh, Lady Imperial from the Dr. Afro comic who's yes. uh, claiming this? Yes. It's <laughs> pretty much the uh, real world equivalent of that. Uh, uh, Variety, Deadline uh, are the ones reporting these ticket sales and records. So just kind of a summary of what's going on. Uh, yeah, as far as there's always those projections of what yeah. it may or may not do. And I've seen some of those, uh, one of them said, lagging behind Endgame. Uh, right. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> All movies are lagging behind Endgame, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the maybe a thing that we should just repeat every time we talk about ticket sales yeah. is for all of the Star Wars trilogies, they've had the same path, right? Yes. Where the first one does amazingly well. Mm-hmm. The second does very, very good, but not as well as the first. And then the third lands somewhere in between. Yeah. Right? And that's just if you think through the logic of why people need to see the first one, mm-hmm. there's less desperation to see the middle chapter. Then there's excitement to see the conclusion. Yeah. Um, that I, I and I think Rise of Skywalker is probably going to match that it, it, that path. The logic tracks and, and web videos too. I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, the first one goes viral. The second one not so much. Third one, eh, right? It's ending. It's just the logic. Of it. Yeah. Other big prediction. Since the movie is coming out the same day, yeah. I think the Rise of Skywalker will beat Cats. I'm not sure if it'll beat it by a lot. Is that the counter programming on that day? Yeah, I mean oh, this is this okay. is huge. I okay. at my uh, I had a fun uh, comedy variety show this Friday. That's right. 
I didn't even make a joke. I just said the fact aloud in a part of the show where we were kind of having a fun bantry improv discussion. I said, so does everybody know that the rise of Skywalker is coming out the same day as cats and the audience erupted in laughter. It's, it's, it's a pretty bold, like, yeah, we're, no, we're going to really counter program, you know, it might work. It might work. It might work. What was the big Force Awakens counter program? It was that Tina Fey, Amy Poehler. Sisters. Concert. Sisters, right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know, you got to, some people show up and go, that, that screen's, uh, screen sold out. What else is playing? Cats. Cats. <laughs> that finally is a look at the news. <laughs> and look, we're joking, but we love diving into all of it. It's just a meaty time. And it's great yeah. because we'll remember these days when we got a, a C-3PO sandals to talk about. Uh, so that's that. Um, before we dive on to our main topic, we're going to have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Joseph, what's on the docket today? Well, as we are recording, it is, of course, here in uh, the U.S. spooky Halloween time. So the first Star Wars book that jumped to my mind that's got some good spooky stuff going on is Dark Disciple by Christy Golden. Really, really enjoy that book. So uh, I think people should check it out. Absolutely. Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. All righty. We are diving in to the great Raylo debate. Joseph, this is a hot button issue, but it's a very interesting issue and something that I think definitely deserves the force center spotlight. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's put it in the spotlight. But first, I want to throw out some caveats. Uh, like with many big Star Wars questions, there are, there are a lot of really strong opinions on a lot of sides that are just questions of uh, Star Wars taste, storytelling taste. What do you want to see happen? All those things. And, and as we always try to spotlight on force center, all opinions and all tastes are valid. Uh, mm-hmm. So if ours differ from yours, these are just our opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I also want to caveat that... Uh, the question of uh, who should hook up uh, mm-hmm. either literally or thematically mm-hmm. um, does, is really going to depend on gender and age, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, mm-hmm. if you're listening and you're wondering, yeah. <laughs> we're middle-aged uh, white straight men, <laughs> yeah. uh, both in uh, in uh, long-term relationships, yeah, uh, monogamous long-term relationships. Uh, so obviously that is our perspective. Other yeah. people are going to bring other perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um and then my, my last caveat is we're going to talk a little bit about this, but I think one of the things that makes this very heated is it is a complex, mm-hmm. potentially toxic relationship, right? Right. If you consider Raylo, uh, Ray and Kylo actually uh, hooking up and having a romantic relationship, they've fought. They've mm-hmm. invaded one another's mind. They've scarred one another's. Yeah. When you start mapping that onto real world relationships, it can get very serious and I think worthy of being taken seriously. So we are going to discuss some of that stuff as well. But again, if we accidentally say anything flippant, I just want to acknowledge that I think when you map it on the real world, Mm. it does get uh, serious quickly. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's it's at once a uh, silly space saga and uh, the other side, a a look at us as, as, as a people. Yeah. As a people, how George probably intended it. Yes. Star Wars, a guide (laughs) to dating by George Lucas. (laughs) Uh, All right. With that, let's dive in. Ken, what, what does Raylo mean to you when you hear the word? Do you think of just a connection of general intimacy, uh, explicit romantic interaction, or even just a really, um, not even forced, just a, a fraternal, non-sexual, strong connection. 
I think it always, for me, goes back to a good old classic romantic relationship, uh, the, something that we've, we've talked about in the sequel trilogy. There isn't a lot of that uh, apparent as, as yeah. opposed to Anakin Padme, which was a relationship of its own that had some issues. <laughs> uh, Han and Leia, the, the bogey and Bacall banter and all this kind of thing. So I've always taken it as that. Though in the last year, uh, when you take a deeper dive, I am starting to see it beyond that i still think it kind of when i hear it i see the hashtag i still think it means and i'll may always make the joke about them getting a you know a milkshake together something that's just my flippant way of just saying a romantic relationship right i still kind of take it as that but right. love the other things around it that's what Raylo means to you is a yeah. is a romantic connection in some way mm-hmm. yeah i think to me I, I think of it as potentially romantic but also just a form of cosmic intimacy mm-hmm that it does seem like they are on, on some sort of faded path to interact in that they have, uh, even if they weren't like destined by the will of the force that they find themselves in this unique position where mm. leading different forces and having the, just the huge weight of this responsibility of their power mm. and that that is going to draw people together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I've, I, I, as I've, seen that in Terry, the, the, what I call the dual interrogation scene in Force Awakens, and Terry-O's mentioned that a lot and cited it. That's where now I, my definition of Raylo might come out of that scene more. Yeah. And in line with what you're thinking of, of them connected in a way both did not know was possible or, and, and, and they take it a different way. So that's, so now I look at that more than anything. Yeah. And Kyla's line, I feel it too. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I, I feel like there is uh, definitely connection there, and even even more things that connect them, like similar emotional wounds. And I think mm-hmm. there's the, uh, y- y- I think we all know on some level of our life, even if it is toxic, even if it's not romantic. Like if you find yourself in conflict every day at an office job with someone, mm-hmm. they kind of occupy your thoughts, and you're kind of bound yeah. to them, right? Yeah, and it, yeah, it's toxic and it's dangerous. But but Ray and Kylo have that intimacy too of just like we keep being put in positions where yeah. we have to have conflict yeah um mm-hmm. so yeah a lot going on with that i want to ask specifically because you mentioned all the other couples mm. and this might unlock some secrets of Raylo. if ray and kylo are rhyming with star wars couples mm. talk about uh sort of uh, repeated themes and ideas which couple would they actually rhyme with though anakin and padme han and leia Luke and Leia, which I mean only partially as a joke, yeah, because uh, Luke and Leia do have a twisted uh, in the original trilogy, where obviously mm. the full decision to make them siblings is not, yeah, always there. But there is also just a deep sense of yeah. connection, right? The way Luke oh. realizes, oh, the only way to save myself hanging from this weather vane at Cloud City is to call to Leia, yeah, and she hears him, you know. Yeah. And that's just not that's not just like a force power where Luke just has like phone a friend. He, he couldn't go chewy, chewy. It's Leia, right? It's Leia. He senses it, feels it. Yeah. I think of the oh, man, this is a great question. Because we love our poetry and arriving in Star Wars. The answer might be like Vader and Palpatine. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's it's uh Anakin Padme has as a similar package uh from afar. Yeah. Um the, the torment going on in Kylo, perhaps the bigger purpose at odds with what she might 
want, see, or desire in a smaller level with Padme and, and Ray. I don't know, but it's 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 nothing direct, right? Which is interesting, by the way, to me. Like this isn't things things I've seen before. Yeah, we didn't see Anakin and Padme mind melding. No, <laughs> we saw Anakin saying, I, "I really want to date." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Padme saying, "I don't know if that's a good idea. I don't yeah. know if I can let myself do that." Yeah, mm-hmm. I think when I when I thought of this. I think I was pleasantly surprised in this constant debate that we have of how much is new and how much is old in the sequel trilogy that I think this is pretty new. Very. I think you can cherry pick elements. I think they have that Very. that deep connection that Luke and Leia had. I think they have this deep connection, obviously not romantic, that Luke and Vader developed yeah. after their fight on Bespin where they could really sense each other's presence yep. and in intentions up to a point. Um, it. It, there, there is a little bit of sort of um, strangely, not playful banter. There is a little sense of that, the chemistry and the sparks of Han and Leia, right? And of uh, of that, uh, of Leia, Leia is aware of her choice to be like, I don't really have time for dating. And if I did date, I would yeah. want to date a serious minded politician. Not this yeah. guy who's older than me, who's clearly not responsible with life. So yeah. you can map a little bit of that, of Ray being like, young and inexperienced in any sort of romance and going like, here's this older bad boy. Yeah. That I think I hate, but maybe I'm denying something to myself. I I was trying to think the words, think of the words to say too, because it's like, I'm, I'm, I go to the shirtless scene. Yeah. And think just that little interplay and she's being, it's, it's a lot of things. It's a, it's a fun joke, but it's also just an insight of the character at the moment. But like, if they were to enter into a, uh, a dating a dating relationship while the balance of the galaxy hangs <laughs> above them, uh, I could see it being Han and Leia. I could see them always having a little bit of uh, uh, the bogey Bacall yeah. back and forth, especially from Ray, where he's maybe he's more moody and you know she's coming at him. So I know what you mean. It's not quite there. It's not on display, but those little moments, there's yeah. a little bit of of that back and forth. Yeah. So that's exciting to me that you can tie into like, Oh, this one little scene, this one little moment might remind me of this dynamic yeah. in this relationship, but it truly is something new to have the avatar of the light and the avatar of the yeah. dark, both questioning their place in the galaxy and questioning their clear intimacy. But what does that mean? <laughs> like, you can't tell me Leia hasn't shut the millennium Falcon door on Han at least once or twice. <laughs> oh yeah. Many times, many, many times. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So th- I think this is a, an important part of the discussion uh, is yeah. how much of Raylo is fan desire mm-hmm. basically saying, Hey, we're fans and this is what we would love to see happen. And how much of it at this point is just an accurate reading of what is in the movies. Oh, this might be the center of it all. Right. I think coming out of Force Awakens, going to that the interrogation scene, the line you highlighted, I feel it too. That, that That's a big moment to build from. And just overall, when the movie ends, if if you like Ray, and I know a lot of people that looked at Kylo and, and kind of like are more intrigued by him and and interested in him and kind of have – we'll take the bad boy jokes will come up and we'll make them too. But I yeah. put that on the shelf, but just of, of what he is, this conflicted kind of tortured soul, and some people do like that. I think coming out of Force Awakens, it absolutely makes sense that this is a desire. Yeah. It's to say, man, 
much as say, you know, Finn and Poe or BB-8 and Poe, doesn't matter. It's the same kind of thing of like, we like these two characters for whatever reasons, and we'd like to see this. It, it's when Last Jedi rolls around that now it's like, what do we read in there? And it gets wonderfully more complicated, but not less real to me. Yeah. That hand-touching moment, it's not romantic overall. It's not overt. They're not holding hands walking in the park, but it's it's the most intimate physical, uh, potentially physical connection moment I've ever seen in Star Wars. Right. Ryan Johnson described yeah. it, I, I think, a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but I think also seriously from his mm-hmm. authorial intent of that's the closest you're going to get to a sex scene in yeah. in Star Wars. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, there's the, okay, there's, there's the shipping side of it, and I'm not making fun of shipping of like, mm-hmm. boy, we would really like it to end with them right. together. And you're like, we don't see in star Wars dating. We keep saying dating, which, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, we yeah. both know what we mean, but we, we're not going to see them share a uh, Thala siren milkshake. Right. <laughs> it, it's, it's how this romance emerges in this fast paced yeah. action adventure in these sort of big symbolic things. Right. Um, so yeah, there's the shipping of like, and to just like, hey, here, here, there, here, there, here's pictures of them both naked and having sex because we're fantasizing and, yeah, yeah. and it's a healthy part of humanity. Um, so that stuff is shipping. Mm. But for, for when I when I'm seeing people say I don't want Raylo to happen, it's starting to me feeling like well, that ship sailed too in, in two movies. Like mm-hmm. the the their connection, their intimacy, even if they were never to physically touch again in in their any of the remaining storytelling mm-hmm. that intimacy that power of that connection mm-hmm. is there great, in the movies great great listen to you talk coming out of force awakens it was a lot easier to say no i don't want ray to have that kind of guy in her life that kind of person in her life no coming out of last jedi exactly what you're saying there you can't deny that this some kind of connection and then the definition of Raylo changes. Yeah. It's, it's there. Yeah. In terms of like mapping real world stuff, just mm-hmm. charting a little bit of what their actual interactions are of yeah. like, well, she sees him as this horrible monster. He sees her as this like unimportant loser who, how, how the hell is she disrupting yeah. my stuff? And then makes, and then in, invades her mind at first just yeah. to f- fulfill his own goals. But then, finds out a bunch of stuff that he will start to un feels a connection. Yeah. He doesn't realize yet that he has seen visions in her mind of where Luke is. Right. You know, and, and then the power that she has to exert over him, the, the lightsaber fight even has a level of intimacy where suddenly instead of just, you're a nuisance Mm -hmm. for me to best, I am offering to train you Yeah. at the end of force awakens. Yeah. There's already that. Um, yeah, and then just being, imagine in real life if you suddenly woke up mm-hmm. and you were seeing someone yeah. in their environment, <laughs> yeah. in their space. I know he can't see Ray's environment, yeah. and we see it from her perspective. But, uh, yeah, to be able to just, like, suddenly, without knowing how it is happening, yeah. that intimacy. I mean, that's what's both funny and effective about the shirt moment of, like, what, why is this happening now? You never know when you're suddenly going to be connected to someone. Yeah. And then learning that we actually do have all this in common. We, we, we both fear being alone. We both are trying to find our place in this. No one else can understand us. Like all of that is just deeply intimate. So for me, Raylo, when I hear Raylo, it's just like, yeah, it's a, 
a, a truth of the movies as I interpret them. Yeah. It, Last Jedi just, just exploded it way more than taking it from a simple, or they holding hands. Yeah. You know, getting th- thalassiron milkshakes, which now I want. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that's, that's why I really love this discussion. It's like Last Jedi just makes it, all the more interesting. Yeah. Beyond just something simple. Though, again, going back to that, that interrogation scene, that's that's where he gets first defeat, all those kind of things. Yeah. Um, Opens him up to possibilities. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, from Ray's perspective, mm. imagining that they are connected and it is in this sort of cosmic way, but also just an intimate, personal way, yeah. what is she getting from Kylo that she isn't getting elsewhere? Why would she be drawn to him? I, uh, it's for someone who's who's searching for her place in the story, right? And and mm-hmm. he's very plainly given her saying he has a place after saying you're nothing. By the way, yeah, you know, that's that's where a lot of us. I'm very protective of Ray as a character. I'm I'm very much in that like, no, 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 Ray, no, no, no. There's there's a, a nice quiet spice pilot out there, so, uh, <laughs> uh, spicer out there. Don't 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 go for him. Um, but but. Everyone else is gone. <laughs> Spice Pilot is technically a drug runner. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> Just going to point that out. Yeah. So uh, people, uh, you know, uh, I'm yeah. okay with her dancing. Was... A little bit of darkness. Um, <laughs> okay. You need some no joke spice in your life. Yeah. You know? spice, spice up your life. I'm sorry. People every world spice up your life. Um, but you know, so he's just simply. Han's gone, Luke's gone, and he keeps coming back with that. Keeps with this, and and look, we've seen in this trailer let's, for Rise of Skywalker, we're bring it, bring it in. What she's saying? No, everyone thinks they know one. No one does. When he says, "I do," we know that's true. Yeah. What what secret she's holding from her? Her chambers of her heart are big and deep, without a doubt. But he's not lying in that moment. That goes back to that connection that's only grown from Force Awakens on. So I I still think part of her struggle is is she can do this on her own. This is what the voiceover Luke is telling. You're ready. This is your fight. Yeah. But Kylo represents that last little scrape on the wall on Jakku of keeping me where I don't need to be. Yeah. So it's not necessarily good stuff for me. It's, yeah. It, it's, a, it's a little bit of an Achilles heel of what she is attracted to. I mean, attracted, I don't mean just in the physical sense, but just why she's drawn to Kylo. Yeah. Why she'd even listen to him. Yeah. Yeah, I think that she is getting from Kylo somebody who at least wants to talk about the issues that are uh captivating her that are plaguing her right right um they I I really like this idea of the inverse of like they are both kind of obsessed with parental figures Mm -hmm. Kylo is obsessed with the rejection of them and Rey is uh obsessed with the absence of them and that only increases uh the question of like well okay if I don't have them if they are always going to leave me or if I am always going to disappoint them, then who am I? Yeah. And I get, what, what is it to, to not know your place in the story and, and have to decide? So you have that like really real question and Kylo is the only one who is addressing those questions. Dumbing this down for me. <laughs> Seriously. Do you think this is sort of a case of dating within your industry? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think it is. I think it is a a question of that on a practical level of like finding somebody who has had the same kind of painful experience you have and wants to talk about it and no one else in your life wants to talk about it. But this person that you don't particularly like or even at odds with are like, Mm -hmm. I, but I understand what's happened to you. I understand how you feel. And I think that on a real practical level about 
parents and also just the awesome responsibility of being connected to the force. Yeah. I feel like that in real life is like, hey, you're both firefighters who've been in a literal kind of hell that yeah. only very few people understand. And you're also both have these specific emotional issues. Yeah. Like those things would draw you together. And it, it's beyond, I said dating, but it could be friendships and connections. It's, it's within certain industries. We're in the entertainment industry that, you know, I've, I've dated outside the industry and now I'm within. And it, it's like, it's nice to have that shorthand language. Yeah. Uh, we're both pursuing something seven days a week, 365, boom, you understand it. And what you're describing, it's like, I'm listening to you talk. I'm like, yeah, Ray just looks across and it's like, this is the only one that gets it. Yeah. The only one that might have other one, old grandpa Luke checked out. Thankfully, did the right thing, blah, blah, blah. But I wanted that from him. I didn't get it. Yeah. This guy got it. Yeah. Like, like with the, 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 I fell for it in the movie Last Jedi. When, when she's in the cave and she's talking about all the things and it's the voiceover and it's fading back in, I'm like, and she's telling Luke, oh, Kylo, oh, okay. Right. It worked for me. I, it worked on me. Right. And, and I think this is another point where it all starts to get into sort of real world stuff of of processing the full range of human experience. And that means playing with dark things. Yeah. She went to the cave, the dark side cave, because it was offering her something that she wanted to heal these wounds. Mm-hmm. And she knows if she tells Luke, Luke's probably just going to go, don't experiment with dark things. Right. So I'll go to my dark mm-hmm. Uh, you know, boyfriend figure because th- this person who's like willing to talk about the darkness. Yeah, Could you know, been there. Yeah, and that's the point where like it gets into really real world stuff of like, yeah. who should you talk to about yes. really dark, haunting things? Yeah, a trained professional. <laughs> a trained professional. There, we figured it out. All right, let's flip this around now from Kylo's yes. perspective. What is he seeing in Ray? What is Ray giving to him? Or fulfilling for him. I'll start here and I'll see. And I, go, I seem to go in these weird sort of negative things they're getting out of it. But the, I mean, at least with the Ray. But this one, I he I always say he took his first defeat in that interrogation thing because the mask was on. He was all pompous. Oh, oh, I'm a monster in a mask. No, nah, it's just me. I got my flowing hair. And I'm yeah. still, oh, no. Oh, I'm losing. And this girl's seeing the one fear. I'm afraid that I won't be as good as Darth Vader. And I think... That in the moment is a defeat. It it, it it messes with his mind. But I think if you later on process that, it's a it's certainly a relief. Yeah, that's the intimacy. That's the connection we might all have with our partners, or, or even just a good friend. Of the world sees this. I try to live up to that, but you know, I'm afraid that I might fail. Oh, it's comforting. I can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I can tell my side of the story of what happened at the Jedi <laughs> Temple, right? And if I tried to tell Snoke, he would just say, yeah. "Stop." whining snoke was really mean at work today right well in in snoke he knows that snoke is on top of that fear yeah right and he is afraid of snoke reminding him of his mm-hmm. fear and his temptation toward the light and he, he's not going to talk about the temptation toward the light yeah to ray yet necessarily but it, it is again like i can't talk to my uh uncaring paternal figure yeah in snoke but i can talk to you yeah yeah i think she yeah she sees him in in a true way, in a in a way that he has not is not being seen by others. Right. Yeah. Here's my super darkest thing to say about what Kylo, <laughs> what else Ray gets from Kylo. Love it. So you talking about that mask? Mm-hmm. You know, taking it off in that that fun shock of the handsome young man with flowing beautiful hair. He's wearing that mask. He's worshiping his scarred grandfather. 
He wants to convince himself he is a monster. He is of the darkness. Mm-hmm. But it's it's cosplay. Mm-hmm. Until Ray literally gives him what he wants, which is a scar across his face. She, and, and, and again, this is like why this stuff can get really yeah. complex in real world. Like mm-hmm. he want he feels damaged. He wants to be damaged. So people believe he is damaged. Yeah. He's a handsome man with flowing, beautiful hair and she cuts his beautiful face. Yeah. And he is angered and weakened that he's defeated, but in a way that's something he seems to want. He wants yeah. to be like Vader. And a part of that is, actually being wounded in wearing your in having scars for real in needing a mask for yeah. real kylo needs a trained professional as well <laughs> but it tracks but it tracks yeah it's not again it's not explicitly stated and i don't want it to be i don't want that kind of conversation uh i like you because you cut my face yes it's you gave me there. external scars that match the ones i feel internally <laughs> yeah. thank you ray yeah no it's just there yeah yeah it's just there to be analyzed played with uh so we, we've been talking about it around it let's talk about that concern of toxicity mm-hmm. so yeah. um Obviously, whatever we feel about how Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo's story wraps up, whatever his motivations were, whether he actually destroyed the Jedi Temple or not, we've seen on screen he murders people, he hurts people, he is uh, violent and bad. Um, and Ray is somebody who has we have seen as a hero who is trying to help people and 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 uh, move toward the light. So, how do you feel about? real people working through experiences or fantasies through star Wars. I mean, I'll tell you what I think it's, I think it can be positive. I look at that as, as if you've got something going on and you, you see something on the screen and maybe you're working through it and this can help you through it. Maybe you can learn through it. Maybe, you know, maybe get some comfort in it. That's not the best, but, but I, I am okay with it as an overall thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's just like, this is kind of what Star Wars is for. And these big myths and modern fables are for. Yeah. Uh, you know, I work through a lot of things, uh, in connecting with the character of Aragorn, uh, of feeling like I am, I am hiding in the shadows and I, 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 I don't want to be who I was born to be type of stuff. Not that I'm born to be a king, but you yeah. know what I mean? I identify with his big failures, um, and that's not necessarily healthy, right? But I'm working through it, and that's what those big stories are for. Yeah. So uh, if you're looking and you're pulling something out of Kylo, uh, uh, Ben, uh, and, and and a potential relationship with Ray, it's it's okay. It's yeah. Here for. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think it is healthy to use art to process mm-hmm. real life. Um, and I think it's a phase that a lot of people go through or different life choices lead them to going like, well, what, what would it be to be in this relationship that does, Mm -hmm. you know, the, just kind of the, the, uh, do I date the bad boy? Do I date the bad girl? The, um, the questions of maybe through, I could fix them. Right. And it, it, it does, I think, I think where people's concerns come from, which are valid is if it ever feels like it is explicitly encouraging people to go like, this is a great way to approach relationships, particularly if you're a young person. Right. If you meet somebody who truly needs like therapy, mm. do you, you know, that temptation that a romantic relationship with me will address these issues that have nothing to do with me or our relationship that are preexisting in this person right. is complicated and dangerous and all that. Mm. Um, but to me, it's, it's, I, I think it is, part of the reason I like the sequel trilogy is because it is a little bit more complex once you start to get into these issues. Mm-hmm. 
And it is a good chance, I think, for us to reflect on on entertainment, media, pop culture. How much do we want to be able to play with dark or dangerous ideas and see how the characters react? I think that's kind of what George Lucas is getting to when he talks about it being for 12-year-olds. Right. Is it's not a picture of here are characters always making the correct choices. Mm -hmm. Here are here are characters working through things and striving toward healthy decisions. Mm-hmm. Right. And do you feel okay with, with letting characters make what we might consider in the real world, bad choices yeah. in order to process and talk about these ideas? Yeah. I, I we got a tweet uh, recently. Sorry. I, I won't, you know, I'm not wagging any fingers, but someone was like, like some of our take uh, takes on some stuff. It's a great episode, but I, it's a cop out to say Star Wars is for kids because of the stuff. And I, I think when people hear for kids, they misunderstand so much what that means. And I still go back to the idea of it's not not all for five year Yeah, Jar Jar stepping in the in the poopy might be for five year olds, um, but that's the intention. And and you need to have some of these failures. That's why I was still inspired by Luke being grumpy and running away and yeah. failing. That's why I like that Han uh, uh, you know and and Leia didn't work it out and had to, we got to see final reconciliation at the end. I'm intrigued by the fact that that Han couldn't run out run away from some of his demons. Yeah. Um I and that is more life. Um I go to one of the season 7 scenes in Game of Thrones with Arya and Sansa talking very fondly about Ned Stark, but saying he didn't necessarily prepare us correctly. Right. He protected us. And I don't think George wants to protect fans and therefore the modern sequel era, era which I will, I will argue uh, to the, my dying breath that everything connects back to even just little lines of dialogue that George put out. The heart connects to George's heart yeah. of this stuff. And so all that flowing into this, it's, a, I think it's still okay to root for Ray and Kylo. And I still think it's okay to be like, there's some things that they should both be aware of and yeah. in you and in your life too. Yeah. And I think I would have a stronger opinion. I will have many strong opinions yeah. after I see the rise of Skywalker, but how this Raylo arc ends mm-hmm. is important to me because I think exactly yes. it, it's where characters end up in the end that we often derive meaning from, especially in something that is designed to be a little bit uh, of a little bit didactic, a little bit of like, Hey, we all go through hard times. The choice is how you handle them in the moment mm-hmm. and see the exact dynamic of how they handle this. Cause with such a complex issue, I think that's really mm-hmm. important. And, you know, I would be concerned if there was, if the end of the, the whole Star Wars saga is like Ray saying, yep, Kylo's messed up, but I can fix him. I don't, I don't think I can fix mm-hmm. him is a great, message so i think that's a you know but but that's i don't want to borrow the future's problems yeah yeah we haven't seen the end of the story yet so i'm really interested to see where that goes it it goes into the redemption of ben a little bit too of 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 if you're i understand if you don't want that on a checkbox level yeah but there there could be great themes and values and lessons and again why i always say just like don't worry about vader's resume of evil the point was he chose to be better when it was the right, you know, when in it was that the time moment. to in that yeah. moment. And, and that could be there as well. So in terms of uh, making even a little bit of attempt to address, uh, in real life, the, con- the concerns about toxicity, uh, can you relate to that? Can you relate to just being attracted to someone who is not in a place to have a healthy relationship with you? I mean, it's been most of my twenties and thirties. <laughs> 
glad I got over it. Yeah. And, and I'm living in the joy of working through it slowly. Yeah. Slowly. Uh, I can remember a conversation you and I have at over drinks in Vegas where you were just politely kind of waiting for me to discover this on my own. <laughs> um, yeah, I can relate to it. And that's why I'm intrigued by it. Too. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm not just, I've never, never written Raylo off as just some, uh, 14 year old girls, uh, s- sketch in her school book. Yeah. It's not that. Yeah. It's not that. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think that's important because I think there, there, the, I know there are various social media battles and labels yeah. get put on, yeah, 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 and, you know, yeah. but, but, but any sort of assumption that it is just about, yes, young straight women mm-hmm. being attracted to bad boys. Right. It, to quote Luke Skywalker, it's so much bigger. <laughs> right. Because I did, yeah. I had so many relationships that I could, um, without the force connection in the lightsaber fights map onto you have problems mm-hmm. and I have problems. And I somehow think that magically, yeah, if we dated and got those milkshakes, milkshakes that we would fix one another when this is just unhealthy, this is this not yeah. going to be good for anybody. And I did that over multiple years, multiple mm-hmm. different situations to the point where part of just the amazing breath of fresh air of meeting my wife is just, mm-hmm. I can be totally honest with you and it won't at a later point be mm-hmm. a weakness <laughs> 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 that yeah. I've admitted something, yeah. you know, about myself that, uh, and that there's no game to play. Yeah. There's no doubt of, if you, if what you say is true and like, that's what's going on mm-hmm. with Ray and Kylo, there is connection. There is passion. They are giving things that one another needs that they're not getting anywhere else. But then like, especially on the Kylo side of it is, mm. well, but can you trust him? Because he wants to be a monster. Yeah. And a part of that is embracing lying and manipulation. Mm. So can you trust that he means what he means, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you talk about perspective up top about our perspective. This uh, I've I've said it before, said it again, but just been very protective of Ray as a character. Yeah. In a way I did not experience with uh, growing up with Padme, growing up and, and, and growing up with Leia and, and being an adult when Padme. You know, I with, with the character Ray, I just from that moment watching her on Jakku, just felt protective. So a yeah. lot of my uh, my me Ken's no to Raylo comes from. Don't do this. <laughs> Don't do this, Ray. Yeah, and and, and it's. That's just intriguing to me in terms of storytelling. It's so much better to me than me going, yeah. Get the, and that's saying if you're going, yeah, get together. It doesn't, for me, my perspective, my perspective, I just, I like that there isn't clear cut. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. There is a, there's it's new. Yeah. It's new. new and fresh. And we still got a little more discussion on, discuss on Raylo, but we're going to take a quick break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And we are back to talk more Raylo. So let's uh, get into this. The episode is much to our prediction, long and juicy. Uh, so you brought up Kylo slash Ben Redemption. And that, that is a big part of the Raylo question, a big part of the Raylo uh, potential endgame. So for you to be comfortable with Raylo, in defining Raylo as actual confirmed romantic interest. Okay. They okay. are in love, like Anakin and Padme, Han and Leia, in love. Would you need Ben to admit his mistakes, make amends, choose the light, however you want to define uh, you know, a, a face turn, whatever, however you want to describe it. Good, sir. Uh, what do you need? Do you need that for 100%, to accept Raylo? Hundred percent. 
Uh, unless it, it, I would rather have her switch to the dark side because <laughs> a house de- a house divided will not last. Yes. Okay. And I y- yes, the couple this, that is evil together stays together. Now the- I am the horrible stereotype of of a father uh, with, with with the the guy bringing uh, the girl bringing the guy home. Right. Yeah. You know. Now that's that I'm the I'm the one like listen here, Ben. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think it's the only way it could work. How? And I'm I'm open to the redemption. I'm open all I'm open to all these things. But yes, yeah. light side better come back. Yeah, yeah. I I think I, I am I'm in camp Ben Demption. I I want uh, Ben to. And when I say Ben Demption, when I say redemption, I just mean make the right choice in the moment, like Vader did. Yes. Right. Clearly, with all the Star Wars can we have, the galaxy hasn't really revisited their opinions of Darth Vader. He was a monster who tortured yeah. many, many, many people yeah. throughout the galaxy. I just mean making the right choice in the moment when it matters mm-hmm. um, and listening to that call of the light. And I'm fine with Ray supporting him. Yeah. I'm fine with Ray encouraging him, but I want him to make that choice for himself. Yes. And then have maybe this sort of blissful moment of like, Hey, maybe I can, maybe we can find our way together because I made this choice. Yeah. Because it, it gets really complicated when it is about her Mm -hmm. saving him. And and I mean, honestly, I think like, um, Luke and Vader, totally different thing, obviously, uh, not a romantic, uh, Mm -hmm. dynamic, but that's, it's Vader making a choice. Yeah. Making his own choice. Obviously Luke is asking him to. Yeah. Which is okay. Like and I was I'm 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 on the when it comes to Ben, ben Demption I'm so open to it but like I, I just I I thought it'd be interesting to be like oh and and last Jedi he becomes the bad guy and, and that's what he sticks with right he's he's yeah. bad and he's formed we got to see the formation of a villain how interesting in Star Wars but that's just a a little kind of desire I have but really the son of Han and Leia uh, grandson of Vader Star Wars all these things add up to him having to choose again and I love what you're saying about the theme I'm in there for that and what happens after does does he save Ray does he die trying to save Ray and she saves the day that we'll find out December 20th yeah I'm not worried about that I think and I think Force Center in general is interested in that but never worried about that we're worried about what you just said there's going to become a point where I think he gets one more choice. Yeah. What do you do? I would love it if it is positioned like that. I think this is what I'm uh, reacting to in, in the Luke Vader moment. I feel like Luke makes his own choice, which puts Vader in a choice to, right. to in a place to make his choice. And I would love it if Ray mm-hmm. ha- makes Kylo choose. That it's not a please. I love you so much, Ben. If you love me, yes. you'll, you'll do the right thing. Uh, and, and, you know, do the big hero moment and place it all on Kylo. But if there is something where like, he's even willing to, this is wild speculation. Sure. Maybe he just wants to be free of this pain, as he said, and maybe he's mm. just going to kill himself, mm. not suicide, but yeah, we're not, uh, we're not endorsing that, not endorsing yes, that, but some mean. sort of like, yeah, just, uh, I have a Han Solo, a dark Han Solo moment of like, mm-hmm. I have no choice, but I'm gonna run in there and her just stopping him and saying, yeah. no, you have a choice. And I'm, I'm holding the mirror up and reminding you that you have a choice. I would love it, and I trust just hearing JJ, but more importantly, Terrio talk about some things. I, I Ray begging turn good and whatever, it, it doesn't work for me. Ray, the Ray that shut the Falcon door, going, here's your choice. Yeah, I'm on the other side. If you choose that door, if you don't, 
good luck to you. That's your choice. Yeah. yeah. We can talk after you get through that door. Yeah. Choice is up to you. Even possibility of things, you know, getting uh, uh, delightfully uh, twisty and changed of like the, the sure. battle's won. Yeah. The emperor's defeated in some way. Mm-hmm. And this is more of a denouement of like, mm. well, there, there's still the elephant in the room of you're a monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, is that the moment where he's just like, I want, I want to go away and hide or whatever. Yeah. And her saying like, no, you should, you should stick around and you should, yeah, you should, you know, do what your grandfather wasn't able to, to, didn't or didn't do stay and deal with what you've done. Like that to me would be really interesting and fresh, but necessary for uh, ultimate hand holding, watching the sunset, uh, the Ray and Kylo, (laughs) you know, at the, at their new Jedi temple, uh, you know, the, the movie ends with the Ray and uh, Ben, a wedding scene. Yeah. yeah. Definitely need some Ben Demption for that to work for me. Put a pin in that one. Now. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving along. So, uh, this ties into that. There's the idea of, uh, Raylo as, uh, experiment is what I, what I said, but Raylo is dating or like Raylo mm-hmm. like some, they're in the throes of this horrible dark adventure mm-hmm. and they kiss and mm-hmm. like it's, it is, it's passionate in the middle of the movie or it's the more the like, the side of uh, Raylo uh, shippers who want that to be the conclusion. Right. That, right. that is how this all ends with them holding hands at the new Ewok Gungan <laughs> parade, you know? Uh, so are you more interested in is, is a I am, dangerous dalliance in the middle of the movie I or, am, or the end game? I am really interested in what you're talking about there of this. We'll just say midpoint. Yeah. I'm really interested in that in a, in a way I've never really thought. And I, I saw this question before and it made me think here, and I love this is another chapter and Ken's weird examples from things that <laughs> don't really connect with Star Wars. Baseball or Lord of the Rings. One of my favorite TV, no, it's one of my favorite TV shows in the early 2000s by Worldwide Pants, I think on NBC, Ed, Tom Cavanaugh, <laughs> The Bowling Hour, Ali Lawyer, Michael Black, first. Julie Bowen, and they were the big will they, won't they, will they, won't they. Okay. Then they got together. And it ruined them. And they got together and they had a few months of bliss. And then it was like, what happens after the kiss? What happens after the big yeah. TV moment? Because they had a great TV moment with an old 97 song playing uh, called Question. Oh, my God. Love this moment, Joseph. But then it's it the was. the end of the graduate, right? They, yeah. they, they got together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The looks on, on Hoffman's face. And also, and I was really intrigued by that. And then they built back from that. So if you want to take that to Star Wars. Yeah. it's And you could even have the old 97 song Question playing <laughs> in the background. Um if you take that to Star Wars and they they kissed at the end of that lightsaber fight in the ocean on the Death Star thing and then yay but then the fall there's fallout yeah I'm on board for that more than I was at the start of this podcast yeah can you imagine the emotion the screaming in the theater if there is what I will call a dark dalliance it where it feels like Ray what are you, what doing, are you doing in the middle of the movie. Or yay, Ray, yeah. you're doing it. Yeah. Oh, the rafters will shake. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, those people who think the Cats movie is loud, they're going to be <laughs> shocked. I mean, I, you know, I, I was some of the early screens I was at when, when Chewie almost eats the pork, it was this, it was as if Ryan had written and shot that scene that weekend because everyone thought it was in direct response to something that started long after the movie had finished. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was excitement for that. Yeah. He's got to eat that pork. I knew it. It was <laughs> no. me. Uh, a kiss like that midway through the movie. Yeah. They're going to bring down the house. Oh, it's, it's amazing. But what do you, so are, 
so we're both intrigued by that. Yeah. The storytelling yeah. possibility. More than I thought, but yes. How do you feel about that being, are you intrigued by Raylo being the end of the movie? That Less. Yeah. Okay. And, and beyond, and that's even going into this podcast, less intrigued by Yeah. It. Again, probably the protective nature of Ray, but let's see where Kylo or Ben ends up. I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I ain't locked in on any story point. I, I just, I still think some sort of death or sacrifice needs to happen. Maybe with Kylo. Uh, I'm not again, I'm locked into that. Still think, so I still, I, I, I think Ray stands alone at the end. Yeah. With friends with whatever she's surrounded. I think she's in a happier spot. Um, we talked about the Frodo thing of going off to the Greyhavens because the scars of war here. I think yeah. Ray would have that, but you know, again, going to back to my protective nature for this character, like I, I, I want, I want Ray to have some sort of smile at the end. That's why I'm intrigued by that trailer. And I was focusing on that little tiny lip twitch of a smile yeah. Ray has at little, the end. A uh, little brightening in the eyes. A yeah. little bit. Because there seemed to be peace and purpose there in that little smirk of, of a smile. Not a smirk, but a little tiny smile. So I, I, I'm looking. I want Ray's ending to be satisfied. And if Kylo Ben is part of what she wants as a character at the end, I'm happy for that. I think that last thing you yeah. said is uh, that it's tied with the Ed TV show comparison with the best things you've said on this podcast. <laughs> so great. <laughs> so great. I think that's, to me, like Ray's arc, mm-hmm. obviously, is intertwined with Kylo Ben's arc. Right. But her arc is, who do I want to be? Mm-hmm. Like, first, I, I, my identity is that people, I'm not alone. People will come back for me. Right. Oh, maybe I have a different uh, destiny, yeah. but I need Han to guide me. Yeah. I need Luke to guide me. Maybe Ben has some answers. Maybe there's truth in my connection to Finn or Leia or the Resistance. Should I pick up the lightsaber? And we're getting all these stories in between eight and nine, and, mm-hmm. and she still isn't comfortable yeah. picking up the mantle and being the hero. So I feel like everything that Ray is building towards, whatever she goes through in this movie, for me to be happy with her arc... I feel like she has to have found what she truly wants. Mm -hmm. And if it is super clearly communicated in the movie thematically, uh, based on her actions, her dialogue, that what she wants Mm -hmm. is to hold hands with the redeemed Ben Solo. And that is her arc and her choice. You use the word, if that's what she wants to choose, then I'm happy with it. Mm -hmm. But it has, we have to get in my opinion, and I, I, I got to be careful with doing have tos because that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where you get into trouble. What I really want mm-hmm. is for uh, Ray to be standing there, mm-hmm. having found her place yeah. that she wants, that she chooses. Yes, because she's a lot of people telling her. Yep, good and bad. By the way, I'm not. Yeah, you know, Matt is telling her a lot of good things. Right, Han, Luke, probably all Leia, but you know. I still think it's about her place, which is that line in the trailer. The, the no one, everyone thinks they know me. Yeah. But, but even then some of the stuff I'm really intrigued by the little morsels we're getting in the stories that are starting to emerge. Yes. You and I are about halfway through resistance reborn. Yep. Which soon I think embargo is yep. lifted. Uh, Very is soon. The, the day that this podcast drops. Yeah. Uh, but so we'll talk about it soon, but there's, yeah, a lot of great stuff in that. The, the comic the stuff. The Allegiance yeah. comic book, that spark of resistance book. Mm-hmm. There's that's for young readers, but there's even some stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful stuff. All right. Do you think anything new 
revealed about Kylo or Ray's backstory will fundamentally change your opinion about Raylo. So we were talking earlier during the news mm-hmm. uh, that people are saying like, hey, if this comic reveals that that Ben didn't super proactively destroy mm-hmm. the temple, it's a little bit of a misunderstanding with evil and lightsabers involved <laughs> that that might change their opinion yeah. of things. Obviously, we're going to be dealing something more just practically with Ray's backstory. There's yeah. there's more to the story. Yeah. Would I, anything change it? I don't. I don't think because I think the way we kind of collectively, with some individual approaches, but collectively consume our Star Wars here at Force Center, it's all about the big themes and the big moments. So if she's a clone and she was made from a hand. I great. Yeah. What does that mean for this character now? So anything, nothing you can reveal is going to drastically change what they already have shown, which is this connection between people. Now, uh, is Kylo's resume of evil a little different and you can question some things. Okay. And maybe that leads to her going, all right, explain a little bit more. Yeah. (laughs) Did you, did you try to kill Luke or not? What happened? So there could be, but I can't think right now of anything giant that's make me gonna, going to make me change about my ideas about the those characters or the concept of Raylo either way yeah either way uh, yeah i i feel like it will it will make uh, the characters more interesting it'll cause different shadings but i feel like yeah. kind of for the end game so much of star wars has always been about like yeah it doesn't matter who you are and in where you come from and what mm-hmm. power you have and what responsibility do you have but everybody has power everybody has a responsibility the past affects us the future's in motion and what matters is the choice you make now. That's why to me it's, you know, Vader chooses, it doesn't erase any of the horrible things he does, but in that moment he makes that choice. Yeah. Luke's fought and killed people before on the battlefield because that's war. Yeah. And in that moment he makes that choice. You know, you could go through endless examples, Jedi and not Jedi. And the thing to me is how, how do they, what choices do they make in the moment in the rise of Skywalker is going to make the difference to me. Yeah. Cool. Choices. Choices, man. Choices. Remember, kids, choices and moments. Uh, If you accept the premise that the sequel trilogy is about the new generation struggling to find their place, particularly in the sort of shadow and wreckage of past generations, how does that affect your your thinking on Raylo? Because Mm. we could have this complex story of, you know, uh, star-crossed maybe lovers connected through the Force and events, and that could be the a story unconnected to anything, but it's not. Mm-hmm. They are, they are connected by Ray literally grew up in the wreckage yeah. of the war. Ben felt, you know, uh, we assume massive amounts of weight because of who his, because his parents were heroes of right. wars and leaders of galaxy. Um, how does that change Raylo in any way? It potentially to me makes it more about forging something completely new and if it's if it's let's just say it's a good old-fashioned romantic relationship of of how do we not keep perpetuating the mistakes of the past clearly anakin and padme didn't go well you know yeah. that didn't go well uh han and and leia like hey your your pops and mom man they're great heroes they they failed to 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 work on some things for themselves, you know, no fault of their own, maybe. Yeah. Bigger things going on, and that's part of your journey. And I, I'm intrigued by this. Uh, I'm not a trained professional, but just like <laughs> they need to form a love that is 
is born out of similar past but moves past the 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 restraints that that past might put on you now and seems to have put on both of them now yeah and that's a lot about what the sequel trilogy is about like you said you said from the beginning literally it is r- taking us through the shadows of the past the yeah. graveyard of of the 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 memories and the titans of 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 the wars gone by so can they build a anything even a connection yeah out of out from under the shadow of what's been going on yeah and that that's really fascinating to me if there Palpatine puts them through hell. Yeah. But they find a way to defeat Palpatine. And then is it a moment where they just have a true epiphany of like, Hey, we've been trapped in this cycle. Yeah. Kylo Ben, you've made the argument to kill the past. I've been obsessed about my past. We could just break the cycle by mm. not necessarily by being together, but by just fighting, maybe just like that epiphany of like, mm. Palpatine was the last shadow of the past. Yeah. If you and I, if you and I, the the avatars of the dark and the light keep at it, Mm. then, you know, if you go off and make some dark side manipulations and I start a big school of Jedi to stop you, we perpetuate the cycle. And, you know, there's this perhaps to me profound ending of an end to wars Mm -hmm. and saying, let's just put our blades down and let's both just go be farmers either together or not. And what can, mm. what can be different is just you and I can break the cycle mm, yeah. by just not having conflict between us. It's interesting. Yeah. Moisture farmers. That's, Moisture farmers. That's the final shot. <laughs> well, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so uh, along those lines, how would you feel if in some way, uh, Ray and Kylo Ben fall in love, full Raylo, full romantic love is the key to defeating Darth Sidious. Is this like the old Robotech episodes where they kiss <laughs> and the Zentradi freak out? Oh, they're pressing lips. Um, <laughs> Palpatine explodes. Love! Not uh, love! Right, I mean, that that's the challenging thing about it because on a practical level, it is so easy to make fun of. Of like, yep. you think that evil is what is the most powerful we'll show you love. And then Kylo takes his shirt off and they kiss a little kiss. bit and, and Palpatine withers like, no, not love, not intimate romantic love. Like, uh, it's so like easy the, to make fun of. The witch king in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> so easy to make fun of, but yeah. thematically, thematically, it's powerful, right? What does he say? I've a long time I've awaited and now your coming together will be your undoing, Ken paraphrase. Yeah. Yes. In its familial love yeah. between Luke and yeah. Vader, but it is yeah. love that, that Palpatine can't fathom. Yeah. He just sees it as a tool, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Anakin's obsessive love with Padme is a tool to be manipulated. Yeah. Luke's love of Leia is a tool to be manipulated, but Palpatine is uh, defeated in Return of the Jedi because he underestimates that power of that connection between right. Luke and Anakin. Yeah. And is there a way where Raylo Mm. Is that same kind of underestimation on Palpatine's part? Yeah, I mean, it, it falls in line with it. Again, we're talking about the, this this coming together seems to be the theme. The, the coming together to fight evil, but evil thinks that's your undoing, that's your mis- mistake. Um, and uh, do I want the complete re- repeat of the beat of them doing something that Palpatine doesn't expect a little bit or doesn't account for. Snoke also had a little bit of that. Not necessarily, but beyond that, um, we make, again, we make fun, but it wouldn't be as simple as that. It would be, but it, the, thematically, it does work for me. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's the execution of it, as we always say. Yeah. But 
something interesting there. It just, it does track. Yeah. It's all about the execution. And it's about, yeah. I think partially about like things we don't know. There's her plot. What's Palpatine actually trying yeah. to accomplish? You know, yeah. what, what's literally at stake? Does right. he want to break Ray? Does he want to kill Kylo? Does he want to uh, possess both of them so he can wander the galaxy in two different bodies? Like, yeah. It, it does tie into what he actually wants to do, but I, yeah. I like the big picture idea. Uh, so, heading towards the end of our big Raylo conversation, uh, what, if any other, shipping desires do you have for the sequel trilogy? Yeah. Uh, great question. Long list. I don't have a lot, and I'm very aware of all the other ones, and I'm in support of any shipping uh, dream you have. Yeah. Uh, I do find it interesting that there's no overt romance in Star Wars. The Finn Rose moment, but it, it seemed almost intentional to not be the big sweeping one, and then we'll see where it goes. And, and Boyega's been very... Yeah, interesting. Cagey, cagey yeah. is a good way to say it. Uh, you know, part of me, quite frankly, wanted Holdo and uh, Poe to just kiss right there. <laughs> um, there's a lot of things. Uh, Bazine Natel and Grumgar is another oh, one yeah, we yeah. can explore a little bit more. <laughs> I gotta be honest, I I am fine outside of of Ray and Kylo of 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 this series being bereft of love. Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, I'm interested in lots of possibilities and, and there'll be more to discuss, but I would like to see Lando and anyone else. Yeah. Lando with anyone. Could, could the, the, the twilight character from last shot was, he seemed to have found yeah, love there. Yeah. That would be great. Be I would love that. That'd be interesting. But there's just, there's so much discussion about the character. It would be yeah. just cool to see him with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. My old age, I, I found, finally found love, kept it. Yep. After oh, last shot, be be beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Um, all right. So, any any big, deep final thoughts on uh, Raylo before we wrap up? Uh, it's wonderfully complicated, and that is one of the big victories to me of the sequel trilogy. There's uh, simple stuff, um, but we always hear, and we're gonna we're probably gonna go a little bit more into the things that are new. Uh, in the Force Awakens, we yeah. hear that complaint. Not the new. Even uh, George himself seemed to have that. Though I think uh, that's more about George and technical stuff, and and uh, little checklists versus some of the things in there. Um, also, we weren't in that conversation with Bob Iger and George Lucas. Never forget <laughs> that. So uh, I, I I love what it's been how it's been presented. I love some of the scenes, some of the Last Jedi stuff. Luke's my favorite stuff in there. But the Last Jedi conversations with, with Rey and Kylo are really what pulls me back a lot to watch yeah. that movie. Yeah. So I'm excited to see where it ends up. Yeah, me too. I like how much in Last Jedi Kylo is... He's got an agenda. He wants to get wants her to understand him. You know, that yeah. makes it really, really uh, compelling and interesting. And she wants to understand his evil, how he could how he could do that to his father, all that stuff. Yeah, I think it's a delightfully complex thing. I think Ray and Kylo slash Ben are complicated, interesting characters by themselves in the fact that they are sort of intertwined by at least fate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes them extra fascinating uh, individually and together. So my final question for you, Ken, is yeah. if Ray or Kylo came to you for relationship advice, what would you say? Uh, Ray, make him earn it. <laughs> if this is what you want make him earn it and Ben bring her home by 11 yeah I was going to say uh, don't go to bed angry but I think your answer is deeper and I think better I think yes I I think Ray should embrace Ben Solo if that is what Ray wants 
That is our look at the great Raylo debate. Joseph, uh, you always work hard putting these questions together, and uh, I think this is some of your best work. Oh, thank you. Diving into a complicated topic. I had a lot of fun talking about it, and I'm glad we tackled it. T- tackled it. We're going to get some audience questions here on Four Center. Twitter here. Nerd Frequency writes, what do you want the final shot of episode nine to be? Hashtag speculate responsibly. Joseph, this was a mystery question that we didn't get to last week. Yeah, yeah. This was like Luke's third lesson. I, I <laughs> forgot to ask this one. So it is coming back, coming back. So uh, I, I saw uh, Nerd Frequency tweet us. Uh, no, no, I saw someone else. Yes. Someone else tweeted, wait, was my question one of the ones? Yes. Well, now we know the answer. <laughs> yes. So uh, that is the next question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this question ties in well with a lot of what we're talking about because yeah. Raylo uh, does make one's mind spin on, on the end, the end. Um, I think there are so many different things that it could be. My, my number one answer of mm-hmm. what I want the last shot to be yeah. is something that makes sense with the entire Skywalker saga, but I also want it to be something that makes sense for that movie. Yeah. I love the final shot of The Force Awakens, and I love mm-hmm. the final shot of Last Jedi. Yep. But without their stories, I could not have predicted or been excited about, like, it's Luke on a cliff <laughs> right. is the end. Right. Or it's a kid with a broom excited about a shooting star. Right. I would never have predicted, or if somebody had told me that I wouldn't have gone cool. Great. Mm -hmm. And like, so I want it to be something that makes sense with this movie. Mm -hmm. My just random fun speculating is something that would just reverse a little bit. What we've come to know is the beginning of the movies, particularly a new hope. So like a shot, so if we see our friends doing something on a planet, mm-hmm. celebrating, going off to future adventures, if there is that kind of Lord of the Rings style ending that we're right. imagining, and then we're on a planet, and the camera pans up to the stars, and maybe you see a, a big ship come toward the camera, and you see the long shot of the underneath mm-hmm. of the ship, and, it, and you just hear it launch into space. Goes the other way. Goes the other way. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I like that. There's a lot of thought of there being kind of a force ghost party or some kind of end. I don't think we've seen the end shot in the trailers at all, but I actually, if there's some version of what we see with the, the Ray smile with the blade um, off her eyes, that's not going to be it. But, yeah. you know, something simple yeah. and small, I, I I don't know. I think you're so right, though. I, I think my favorite ending shot in any Star Wars movie is The Force Awakens one. And you're right. There's no way. There's no way you could have predicted that going into episode seven. So, right. But it's a fair question, Nerd Frequency. I, 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 want it, what, I want the emotions of it to be, wow, what a journey. But there's more to come. Right. Oh, you made me think of another idea. Mm-hmm. This is, a, a, this is not going to come true. But I'm thinking about, we, we don't know what the rise of Skywalker means yet. Right. And if some of the predictions came true of like, well, it's, it's maybe it's kind of a new name for the Jedi. Maybe it's just a, a new name right. for uh, somebody with power who does the right thing. Like, what if it was just like a statue of Anakin? Interesting. In a return to, this is where it all began. Hmm. With this kid. On Coruscant? Or Tatooine? Or on or a glacier base? Glacier Who knows? Base? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I, yeah. Okay. I, I'm really curious to see how much it will try to come full circle in any way, whether it's visually reversing the opening shot of A New Hope, whether okay. it's uh, Ray on Tatooine 
you know, becoming a moisture farmer or what? just visually in any way going back to either A New Hope or if you look at it the other way, yeah. going back to Phantom Menace. You had mentioned, uh, you know, like, you know, is it as simple as <laughs> Ray and an injured Ben solo staring off the twin sons? Is it, is it yeah. some kind of how much poetry is it? How much is that too cute? And how much is it just right? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Final shout to pork. All right. Derek <laughs> Norris at Drock Norris. Uh, Derek writes, if Disney Plus did an anthology series of Empire Academy, what style or genre would you like it to be? Lots of different ways we could go uh, here. I'll start for fun. Empire Academy in the vein of Police Academy, updated to 2019 awareness. Screwball Star Wars comedy. <laughs> Where do you want to go with this? Then? Uh, yeah, I, I like that Disney Plus is opening our imagination to not only what topic matters, but what styles could they be in? Uh, you know, I would be happy to see a story of uh, the Empire Academy that is being told by an uh, old man who used to be a part of the Empire, but reformed, okay. you know, and it oh, could okay. be a kind of a little bit of a Harry Potter tale. Like, imagine the story of Harry Potter told by an old Draco Malfoy who mm. recognized his failings. Okay. So you're, you're hearing the story of, like of the this. bad kid from the reformed bad kid's adult perspective. And then also it's Lego. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a good way to get it. Yeah, that's, that's not bad at all, actually. I like that idea of, an, of a Lego series. Uh, uh, Freemaker I didn't dive into. I know you have. Yeah, it's great dive. fun. Uh, there's a lot of screwball in there, right? There, oh, God. Oh, my, yes. Uh, you know, yeah, I liked that. I, uh, there was the, there was the idea I had a long time ago of like a following a, a, a trooper as he becomes, works his way up, way up and becomes like an emperor's royal guard and you can Ooh. see a lot of things through him and then make it screwball. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, uh, I mean, we, I think you and I have talked a lot about yeah. having variety in that, but mm-hmm. are you, would you be interested in like a serious animated show that is somebody like fully you know, uh, believing the imperial propaganda and yeah, marching I, marching through that reality because I know you are yeah. somebody who really you gravitate towards the empire because of that. Yeah, which is weird, weird to say, right? Um, it's all about the toys, kids. I I would, but it has to, it, it it still has to end up not that necessarily turning, but like yeah. to me, it does not work. I hear a lot of, and we talk a lot about how the modern era of canon is dealing with. Uh, People on both sides, and you're seeing this, yeah. and, and that's all. And I think that's very valuable. But there's always, 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 e- even the uh, you know Ray Sloan is a great example. Um, Sienna Ree, there's always some great examples of how it, the Empire did work for you, or you thought it worked for you until mm-hmm. you were exposed to the whole thing. Yeah, and. Uh, I, I could see that would need to be addressed, right? So right. if it's ever straight ahead, it wouldn't work for me as much. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think that to me is, for my own uh, taste, uh, Emperor is evil. It's going too far away from right. from the original good versus evil story of Star yeah. Wars. Yeah. But the point is, Disney Plus opens up our minds to a lot more possibilities. We go to Patreon for a couple questions here. Joshua Bernard says, what ever happened to Luke Skywalker's X-Wing that he flew to Cloud City? Did the Empire destroy it? Was it stolen by an Ugnaught? And he's, yes, and he's now in the Mandalorian. Or is it still there with thousands of parking tickets? <laughs> Slow and low would be happy. Uh, yeah. This is one of those little fun little cannon rings. It is. I remember the just about the day when I was playing with my Battle Damage X-Wing going, wait, 
This can't be the same one. Can't be. <laughs> uh, well, my real answer is it is confiscated by the emperor or the yeah. empire, not the emperor personally for joy rides yeah. by the empire because they they were like monitoring oh, yeah. him, right? Like his X-wing, tell him to land there and then you know get the boot out because he's not leaving, yeah. right? Uh, I so think, I think it's confiscated by the empire. But what mm-hmm. I like to imagine is a uh, Wilro Hood through his ice cream machine <laughs> in there, and that's how he escaped Cloud City. That we will see <laughs> in Disney Plus series. Yes, I love this idea. I actually do like the idea that the Palpatine's got it on display in uh, uh, Sheev Palpatine's The Haunted Museum out there in Las <laughs> Vegas, where he's like, this is misused by a false user. Uh, great question, Joshua. I love those little love those little wrinkles in Star Wars canon yep. that pop up. Uh, Alden Diaz uh, closes out here today with this. Hey, guys, with the rise of Skywalker a couple of months away, I've been thinking a lot about what I imagined the sequels would be like when I was younger. What do you, you remember of the seven, eight, and nine stories that you made up in your heads as, as kids? Did anything you envisioned come to pass? Or maybe you made up all original Star Wars stories with new characters. Thanks for all you do. Thank you, Alden, for your uh, another great question, another yeah. thought-provoking question. Yeah, this is important. This is why those expectations of Episode 7 were so high. We've been writing this movie in our heads since 1983. I don't think I've ever really talked about stories you had in your head for the, a movie going forward. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think I I really wrote an Episode 7 in my head, partially because probably by the time I was old enough to, I was just so taken with thinking through the prequels. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, sometimes rewriting those in my head and all that. But the, what this what this really spoke to to me in, in talking about generations and perspectives. So Return of the Jedi comes out. I'm excited to have my Luke Skywalker Jedi Knight action figure and my Emperor action figure. Right. And unlike in between Empire and Jedi, you can't continue the story. Mm-hmm. Emperor's gone. Yeah. So I, with my action figures, I made up stories where, oh, the Emperor didn't actually die. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I had a prediction that, that came to pass. Uh. And it's fascinating. Uh, uh, my brother got real frustrated mm-hmm. because he had been Han and I had been Luke yeah. in our action figure adventures. Yeah. And he would get frustrated and want to come up with reasons that Luke couldn't just use the force. I remember in particular, mm. uh, the good guys were stranded on the dresser and trying to get over to the bunk bed that we were imagining <laughs> were two different, you know, plateaus of a planet. No. And it's like, I moved Luke's little arm up. It's like, well, he levitates everyone. Right. My brother's oh. like, no, he can't. He's distracted by something. I can't remember wh- what <laughs> storytelling reason my brother came up with, yeah. but you know, it, it, the things that I wrestled with in my mind were the the questions that are being asked by seven, eight, and nine of yeah. what are the limits of power when you're as powerful as Luke is, and is the ultimate evil ever truly defeated? Um, Big wins there. Yeah, I think Big beyond stuff. that, just stuff that that came up in the. Um, in the expanded universe of yeah, yeah, there somebody's going to have a one of these people is going to have a kid, and is that kid going to fall <laughs> to the dark side? And what's that like to live with the whole? You know, like we made a child that is also a little bit of a time bomb, maybe. Yeah, I think that um, that's great. Good stuff. Good answers. I wish there was video of you playing that. Stuff. <laughs> I both wish it and fear it. <laughs> Uh, I I uh, I did spend a lot of time as a, as a kid thinking about what Star Wars Episode Seven would be, and because I lived near Pismo Beach and could take my figures out to the sand dunes, which uh, from a certain point of view were exactly like Tatooine, and I could go out there and play myself. 
I always envisioned a return to Tatooine, and I was Han and Leia's kid. Uh, okay. It's just clear as day. You were Han confl- and Leia's kid. I'm not conflicted. I definitely had more of the Han side than the Leia side. So I had a blaster, not a lightsaber. Okay. I, was, I, I probably assumed I was Force-sensitive at some point. But I do specifically remember acting out a scene where we're trying to sneak back into Jabba's palace. Who was in Jabba's palace? I don't know. My creativity eh, had some bounce. <laughs> um, but I do remember that. And I think, again, kind of true to form. Uh, was the wars continued in my head. Yeah. The battle was not over. The the idea of Palpatine or all that kind of stuff. And, and I always envisioned, you know, Seven to be, would be the continuing adventures of Han, Luke, and Leia. And yeah. then Air the Empire comes back, and comes out, and that kind of syncs up with a lot of that. Yeah. And if, the, if it had been made then, if it had been made 15 years prior to 2015. Yeah. If George went right into it. Because people didn't bash him out of the prequels, uh, yeah. or bash him out of the, the world. Um, yeah, I would have expected that more. I, I never expected when it was announced. I was surprised as hell that the the, the big three were coming back. Yeah, but I, I I don't think I ever thought, oh, this is this is their story. It just didn't yeah. make sense. It was such a different time. Yeah. You, you can hear the uh, our rockers creaking here. Yeah. Right? But when things ended, they ended. You know, so there's yeah. a, like, I hope Star Wars would come back someday, but there wasn't like now where you're like, yeah, that was popular. It'll be back in five years. Right. Um, Jedi Leia. I think that was a hope. I didn't write it in my head. Yeah. But that was like, yeah, of course Luke is going to train. Just Luke, train Leia sure. and she's going to run around a lightsaber and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. 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 There's been a thousand episode sevens floating in everyone's <laughs> place. Uh, Alden, great question. Thank you, Alden, Joshua, Derek, and Nerd Frequency for all of you. If you have a question or a thought on today's episode, you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center. Like our Facebook page. Go to our website, forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. Uh, podcasts available several spots. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, Pocket Cast, a lot of other places. You can find the link. Spotify, of course, there. And again, as mentioned at the top of the show, we understand some of the back uh, episodes. Not playing. Uh, working on that issue with Anchor right now. Uh, we are on YouTube. We pop, toss up some stuff there as well. Uh, go check out the animated databank brawl that Brian Ward put out there a long mm, time ago. Beautiful. And we're on Patreon as well, patreon.com slash center. Want some Force Center trading cards? Uh, they're at the top tier. You support, you'll get some cards after a couple months of me, Joseph, and Jennifer. Uh, great trading cards, collector cards for the Force Center crew. And then, uh, Joseph, we got stuff going on Public. That's right. We're trying to feature some different uh, merch that we have at Public. Uh, this week, we are featuring the emotional support, Porg. If you need a little help getting through your day, we got a t-shirt for you. That is at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. And we uh, love that you guys love sitting with us for these supersized editions, which are, you know, we keep joking, but becoming the norm. But it's because I think we feel there's a lot of things to talk about and discuss. Um, go beyond the headlines, go beyond the scenes and the theories and really get to the core of Star Wars. We thank you for taking that adventure uh, with us. If you want to continue uh, following us outside of Star Wars, a lot of ways to do it. Joseph, uh, what do you got? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Joseph Scrimshaw. And then you can go to my website for all sorts of different things I do, including comedy shows and podcasts and comedy albums, a book I wrote many years ago. Uh, and in particular, Ken mentioned his uh, ghost adventures, Adventures with Grace. Yeah. If you want to check out my podcast, Obsessed, great interview. Grace is an amazing podcast guest, and yeah. I had so much fun talking with her about this weird TV show, Ghost Adventures. 
So you can check that out on Obsessed. All of that is linked on my website, josephsgrimshaw.com. You can follow me at Kednapsuck and go to kednapsuck.com for more information on all the things I got going on, uh, books, podcasts, and I keep talking about the comedy show in Washington, D.C. I think later today I'm locking down the travel for that. So it's definitely happened. November 16th, me and Mark Ellis doing comedy uh, at the Comedy Loft in Washington, D.C. Go to kednapsuck.com for all that information. That is it for all the Raylo uh, fans out there. We hear you. We see you. And we're sitting there in the cockpit with you waiting for episode nine. This was Force Center. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.